Um, we do, and just very quickly, yeah. also want to introduce the warrior of hype. Yeah, himself. man. Yes, I was about to set it. I was about to pitch it to you so you could knock it out. But I like that. There we go. Oh man, that Scottish accent when you do the warrior of hype, it just sounds better than I do it, to be honest with you. And I kind of want a little sound bite so I can just press play anytime I want to. You know what of I mean? Of <laughs> just stick up Kate Sith's face. <laughs> Did you just say Kate Sith? Just for my American audience. For my American audience. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, that voice that you hear, that is M.J. Gallagher. What's up, M.J. Gallagher? How you doing, man? Hi, hi, everyone. Uh, I'm I'm delighted to be back on the show. Uh, obviously, been a, a mega fan of, of Final Fan TV uh, for you know since the early days. Um, it's it's been a while since I was was on. Um, but yeah, it's, I'm I'm so so pumped by what's been going on over the last week or so, in uh, in terms of Final Fantasy VII Rebirth news. And yeah, let's let's get started. Let's 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 just express our hype as a, a collective. Yeah, because it's it's built up to a limit break. You know what I mean? It is built up to the limit break. <laughs> yeah. We got a synergy limit break. Actually. A synergy. <laughs> it's a synergy. synergy. <laughs> That's part three when we can get the whole party to do a synergy. Uh, so here we go. Subtext right below uh, MJ Gallagher. What's up, subtext? Hey, I'm uh, you know really excited to be here. I think we've all been through the experience of just like this week suddenly it was. You know the 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 trailer during the PlayStation show, and then suddenly the, all the previews dropped, and then Tokyo Game Show. And I remember going into Tokyo Game Show, a lot of us were wondering, oh, is it just going to be the the flashback stuff in the demo? Is it going to be the Junon thing? And then it's like all new stuff. And ah, <laughs> oh, man, just it's a, it's a bit of overload, but I'm, I'm excited. You yeah. ain't kidding. Overload is the right word. I mean, it's just freaking crazy. And then right down there, that is the professor, Professor Noctis. What's up? Hey, what's up, everybody? I'm kind of going alongside you. I know the stages of grief, but I don't know the stages of hype. Like, I, but I, we are hitting hype level after hype level every time they open their mouths or show a video. It's out of this world. So I'm excited to be here. I love that. Like, so uh, we had the uh, man, shout out to the noisy one um, on Twitter. Uh, been, been a big supporter of ours, but shout out to the noisy one. He was like, uh, or they were like, uh, uh, can we? Can you just put me in a Vincent coma so that way I can wait all the way until <laughs> February 29th? And I said, and, nice. and miss out on the perpetual hype that is happening right now. Like <laughs> I, the warrior of hype would not allow it. You know what I mean? No. <laughs> that I for, for safety reasons, for safety reasons, that has to happen. You know, those of us with medical conditions where we just can't deal with this level of hype. <laughs> I think an induced coma is the right answer. <laughs> Man, there was so many things uh, like like subtext was talking about. Let's start with that um, rebirth trailer. Now, uh, when it came to the to, to the Tokyo Game Show trailer that happened uh, last week, I believe it was. Um, man, I've been working on a breakdown for that trailer, and I I had a whole script out. I had seven pages of a script written out in a Google Doc, ready to record, and then they dropped some more info, and I was like, you know what, mm. man, just. I'm not gonna do it. <laughs> like I was, I was I, everything that I had in my script. I was like, oh well, there's answers to that. There's answers to that now. Um, so it's just kind of been like, you know what? I'm gonna sit. I'm gonna sit back and just take it all in. I'm just going to enjoy yeah. it. So now here's my chance to talk about it. Um, so what I would like to do is, in fact, why we talk about it. Let's bring it up, man. Let's uh, let's bring up the uh, the trailer. Um, but first of all, while I bring that up. 
Uh, let's start with Professor Noctis, man. How you? How are you feeling about come that that trailer coming out of that trailer? You know. So the trailer alone, like, sent me through like every stage that I mentioned. Like, it, it, it I the first thirty seconds of that trailer, I was in right, and then they kept giving us more. Like, there was no chance that I was getting Vincent after the first thirty seconds of that trailer, and then we got Vincent, and we got a weapon, and we got um, we got so many stinking things, and I it sent my mind racing like it was the one thing like i had a buddy um that uh you know i've only interacted with him on twitch and then one time we met up he called me first time he's ever called me and he was like dude did you see it and, like we just like together just freaked out and it was like yes i saw it oh my gosh so uh, like that that's been the hype wave that i've been riding ever since i saw the trailer that's awesome like did you see it um, I'm having, like, and we knew, we knew. Again, you know, like, I try to do too much here. I try to bring up the uh, the video, and now everything's like blacked out. So I'm not sure exactly what the heck's going on there. Um, it's not like blacked out; it's just like grayed out in a way. Like, um, so the the trailer even play with this? It does actually play. Um, I can't seem to get it to say stop sharing the screen though. Oh, hey. Hey, there we go. Uh, I think I got Ooh. it. All right, cool. So, uh, MJ Gallagher, first of all, man, I kind of got to give a sh big shout out to you. Uh, we got the Greek myths that inspired Final Fantasy oh. VII. I meant to say mm -hmm. that at the top of the show. Um, please, there, there it is. There's the book. Uh, please go check out that book. Amazing book, and it'll probably help Thank you. you. Uh, it you. will help you better theorize for Rebirth, I'm telling you right now. So, how are you feeling about this trailer, man? You know what? This is... I'm off the back of what you were talking about in terms of you know having a lot of content ready to go and then just <laughs> being able to sit back and actually absorb the, the new information um this is like the first time in a year i think for me that i've I've been in a position where i'm not in a hurry just to produce content you mm. know whether it's from from the, the book or, or whatever so it's been so nice to just be able to absorb all of this uh, but the problem is that I haven't had a, a way to express it, um, and it sort of reached boiling point uh, <laughs> yesterday um, after I watched the, the the TGS content. But yeah, like obviously we we got the the initial trailer or the the, the proper field trailer a couple of months ago. Uh, it showed some really exciting content. We knew that the the synergy attacks were coming, you know, after episode intermission. But I was I was a lot more interested in sort of the direction that the story was going to be going in. Um, so to to get, um, you know, things like the the new Doctor uh, Carell, mm. um, and just things that we'd never seen before, or, or you know, getting to see like just a snippet of Cosmo Canyon, things like this. It was just, you know, we have been been waiting years to see this stuff, and it's finally here, and it feels perfect in so much. You know, I think all of us had really high expectations of what Rebirth was going to be. And then, you know, exactly as Subtext said, you know, there's just, you know, one screenshot followed by another, followed by another, followed by another. <laughs> it, it, it just got preposterous. Um, but it was it was so good and so much of it is, you know, like by the, by the time we got to the, the Chocobos gliding over the, you know, the canyon area, it was just like... This is so much better than I could possibly have imagined, and my expectations were sky high already. So yeah, it's, I've just been sort of riding that wave of pure ecstasy for the last week or so. 
<laughs> for sure, man. And uh, speaking of the like, you you were talking about the doctor. Uh, was it Doctor Sharon? 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 Yeah. Sharon. Yeah. Uh, from from the Traces of Two Past book. So they're kind of you know bringing that in um, as well. So that's so there's mm-hmm. um God, so, so there's a lot for people like us who read everything and dissect everything and stuff like that. Um, so Professor Noctis. Oh no, I already said that. Subtext. How are you feeling, man? What, what was the most exciting thing coming out of that trailer? Yeah, I mean, I think for me, you know, I've been one of those people who've, you know, made videos about, you know, what I think is going to happen in Rebirth and what I think is happening in the trilogy. And I think some of it is still relevant. You know, I think the Unreliable World, more specifically than anything else I've talked about, um, as like just a concept. Uh, you know, and seeing that opening, you know, with Zach and Cloud and uh, and you see Elmira in the background and in the, in the sky and, and you're just like, what's going on in this world, whatever that world may be, um, you know, it's felt like a, a little bit of a confirmation of that. But I was I was actually more excited about how how wrong I was about a lot of things, <laughs> like in terms of, you know, we see the stamp, uh, the Beagle stamp. Uh, so I, I was I was in the one timeline camp and and, and it's how much seeing the totality of it again all of that stuff just didn't really matter like all of that sort of all that time spent you know trying to analyze every single bit of <laughs> of where the story could be just actually just seeing it in reality seeing the gold saucer seeing the chocobo racing seeing uh just all of these amazing scenes and and moments for these characters to, to sort of be together it was like i just want to go back in fresh again you know like i'm i'm excited that mm-hmm a lot of us haven't figured out sort of what it all is, what's happening really. Um, and that there are so many, so many questions, even after they've, even after they've showed us, you know, three trailers now in total, when you include the, uh, the teaser, uh, they've shown us quite a bit and we still feel like we're barely scratching the surface and there's going to be, you know, so many things that none of us really expected, right? Like who, the the chocobos the black chocobos climbing up the, oh, the mountain sides why like, was that such, that was such a pop-off moment for me yeah. like i don't even like yeah. yeah oh my god it was like there was so many awesome things happening and then all of a sudden the freaking black chocobo climbing the mountain and i'm like oh my god they did it they freaking yeah. are doing it like something i've been speculating on for so long was like i really want traversal options almost like a metroidvania i'm i'm still not confirmed you know this is still not confirmed to be the case but like almost like a metroidvania thing where like say you're in the grasslands and you see that that those orange arrows pointing up on a cliff and you're just like aha i gotta come back to that you know what i mean like i i need a i need a mountain chocobo for that um so i would have sort of yeah, they have sort of confirmed that, if I'm not mistaken. There was okay. some interview where they said that they would, like, you will see things or know that there are things to get to that you you'll have to go back to get to. Oh, I didn't see um, that interview. Nice. I'm I'm 95 sure. I nah, read that they somewhere. did. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. amazing. So, uh, so yeah, there will think, be like think, met- a Metroidvania sort of thing to it. I think what they they pointed out as well, and ha- Hamaguchi made a, a real point about this um, during the TGS show about. Um, no matter how far you get, you can always go back, you know, and, and, and start yeah. side quests at any point or continue side quests at any point. Um, so I'm expecting that there might be some degree of when you can go back. You know, there was obviously during the show they did mm. the fast travel back to Calm, but the, the the actual English footage, you know, says specifically we won't be back here for a while. So it might be that, mm. you know, for story purposes you can't fast travel back to Calm. 
Mm. And the the full title it might it might just have been a build for for the, the actual TGS showcase, but that's one of the really big things that excited me. You know, having all those reasons to go back and revisit areas again and again. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, totally with you on that one. Subtext. Yeah, there, there's been a lot of talk about the inspiration from Horizon, which you know is is evident. You can see it. Um, I, I was watching your reaction, actually, uh, Daniel, to the <laughs> earlier today, actually, from the, of the CGS stuff nice. that you streamed last night, Thank and um, it was really, you know, what you you had said something I thought while I was watching the CGS stuff. I know I'm fast forwarding a little bit, but like the that feeling of this is the everything game. Like, yeah, there aren't that many truly uh innovative mechanics from what i've seen you know if you played a lot of games at least you know there's hints of horizon hints of ghost tsushima hints of uh uh but but that specifically actually it reminds me more of god of war like in god of war when you're going through the different areas the different realms you're seeing oh i could throw there's something to do with that that fracture in the rock that's spitting out the thing and i know i'm going to be able to do something with that i don't know when and then you get the ability and they talked in the CGS show about like you know getting ropes and stuff. So I imagine there's going to be also opportunities to to scale things even without a chocobo. Uh, I, there's just so much in this world, and it's it's mm. shocking. Like Nomura had said that at some point last year, we'll, you'll be shocked by how much we fit into this game. And I so I was expecting that, and it still just exceeded all of yeah. my expectations. Do you know what the crazy thing? And I I was thinking about this earlier on is that they've actually done. I have far more faith in them creating this game than I would ever have in myself. And thinking about all the things I want to see in the game, they they blow it they all out. I've I've so much faith in this dev team; it's unreal. I'd like to kind of touch on that for a bit too. It's something something special happened, guys. Something special. Um, so, well, for, for personally for myself and for someone else. Um, now, coming out of remake, I've I've talked about this so many times on the show. But um, like basically coming out of remake, I I went through like I was like ah I don't like it, don't like it. Um, but like speaking on what Mo just said, I'm like man, this is it. Like I, I've already kind of come up to come like. I'm good with the story, right? Like, I know what to expect now. I know that this is not... Like, I got it. I got it. Um, and I've come to an understanding with it. But, man, is this gameplay, this world, what they're doing with this is everything, man. It is everything. Now, that was for me personally. After the trailer ended, I did it in my reaction video. I I, I was I went a little over-exaggeration. I, I, said, I said, that's the greatest thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> As that was the greatest trailer I've ever seen in my life, and then I was I was wrong. I was because that 2015 reveal will always be the greatest trailer ever. But um, man, I was like, that is everything I ever wanted. So personally for me, and then in that trailer or in that reaction video, I said I said all of my worries and my concerns have just been washed away. Like seriously, like I I, I saw everything that there, even with the Zach storyline, even with all the other sto- stuff that they got going on. I was like, you know what? I I'm like Mo. I'm like Mo right now. I have so much faith in in what they're doing because of that trailer and what they've shown at TGS this past week has really just kind of like hit me on another level. Um, and I'm so happy to be like that. I'm, uh, I'm really glad to hear you say that because I know how conflicted you were. Yes. Uh, after remix, so yeah. to to get to the point where yeah, you're you're sort of 
close with everyone else in terms of hype that's that's awesome yeah man um and then like uh, so not just for me too not just for me but there was somebody else who has been um in our comments who has been in chat just really really not vibing with this like with rebirth or remake like in particular remake just did not vibe with it you know lots of conversations in our in our comments and lots of uh you know long comments that i love reading um you know i I love when everybody shares their opinion i think that's important even if it's not always positive that's always fine because moments like this where um just the other day in the discord said it was just one line it was one sentence guys and it said not gonna lie comma rebirth looks amazing and i got him got him (laughs) oh man uh so so yeah i mean i think the trailer absolutely delivered um one thing i do want to kind of to note is that uh beforehand i kind of made a video about parallels so i'm kind of i'm like weaving in my breakdown video uh script in here as well uh but i mentioned parallels and i'm like I, i said i said predicting the uh rebirth trailer for tokyo game show and i was like i bet the trailer parallels as well and it did it it was like it starts off with a high octane thing lots of dialogue overlaying and all that other stuff cloud tries to swing a big sword indoors that never works midway through the trailer you you got mini games as a spotlight and then they show off a summon and then they announce the pre-orders that's exactly what they did in the other one all right so i had to do that uh so so professor speaking of like yeah Real quick, speaking yeah. of like referencing uh, your own videos and whatnot, you're, <laughs> I, I'm going through a similar thing right now because of you bringing up the 2015 trailer, uh-huh. which is like something I'm going to talk about in my next video that I'm currently scripting. But like, you know, I, I don't think we really fully grasped what that what that teaser trailer was telling us. You know, we did in the po- after the fact, but I think. It, it just it continues to stand out to me that moment where it says you know it may bring joy it may bring fear because yeah. I, I experienced a lot of that too you know with remake I've been more positive in my you know videos about it but a lot of that was me sort of trying to make sense of it all and trying to like organize it in a way that would that would reassure me actually um, and because I think a lot of people are conflicted with the direction because it is a bit scary uh, but then you sort of see that you have these moments like the trailer that just dropped and it. It just has that effect of like, you know what? They they told us we were going to be afraid, and I think a lot of us really were. <laughs> but the 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 experience of of actually seeing it is like, oh man, mm-hmm. right, you know what? Do it, do what you got to do. I I don't know, I don't know if it'll work, but we've embraced. Sh- you know, show it. us. Yeah. We've, yeah, we've we've embraced whatever it brought. Um, yeah. So, Professor Noctis. So what they do after that trailer is they they do a bunch of like you know key art reveals a bunch of character renders and and uh the, that satisfied our hunger uh until they did the the demo which was what two days ago or yes yeah two nights ago they did the demo what was what was something from that demo that really stood out to you my biggest fear coming into this game was will they be able to emulate or replicate that feeling of leaving Midgar and realizing how big the world is. Mm. And the trailer let us know like, hey, they're, they're really gonna do it. But the thing for me was the demo. And, and I was like, okay, this world is big. They are, they are able to replicate that sense of, of scale 
in a way that I wasn't sure they were going to. I was really afraid, not that this would have been bad, I was really afraid that we were going to do some corridor running a la like The Last of Us, yeah. right? Going from one place, it'd be an amazing story, high detail, all that kind of stuff, but you lose that sense of freedom. But when we saw the buggy, when we saw the chocobos traversing, all that kind of stuff, I was like, okay, they're gonna try it. It may be open zone, but then when you played the demo, and like, I, I forget who exactly it was. I, I may have been watching um, Max's demo or something like that. When he jumped in the water and swam, oh. I was like, oh my God, they're swimming. They're doing they're, they're that. Swimming. <laughs> and, and then when they get to these, these dev interviews or whatever that's saying, yeah, you're going to be able to go through an interconnected world seamlessly. And mm -hmm. I was like, I, ha have we seen that? And so that got me dreaming. Right? Or are yeah. we going to see a high wind in, in yeah. part three? Yeah. Like, will this be the first game, first RPG, where there is a truly open world, intercontinent, no loading zone airship gameplay? And I was like, it, I mean, we may be seeing that. Yeah. That's what excited me more than anything in the demo. Lots to be excited about, but that one. That yeah, um, I got to, like, to, to kind of, like, go off of that, I'm still... I'm, I still have questions, right? So yeah. um, I, 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 I hear what they're saying. Like they said, it was going to be a seamless open world experience mm -hmm. that kind of unlocks as you go, which <laughs> I love the way he described it. Uh, it was Hamaguchi-san. Uh, he, he described it as, um, guy, what did he see? He said, there's one way to do it. When you start off, you can go anywhere and everywhere you want to do do whatever you want. And then the second way is that you, uh, you unlock different parts of the world as you progress. And I'm like, you just described Final Fantasy. <laughs> like, like that is what Final Fantasy has always been all the way up to a certain point. It's, it's just, that's the way it was. Kind of an open world back then, too. Uh, it, I call it that uh, a gated open world. Um, mm -hmm. So you kind of have to make your way through. Um, well, to that point, I, I mean, do you remember ever getting the, the Bronco and going to Wutai without Yuffie, right? Like you hadn't seen her yet? You can go there. There's just nothing to do. Yeah, but yeah, then yeah. when you go there, so it, it is gated in that respect. Mm -hmm. Like there's no purpose to it. It's neat, but uh, that's what I'm excited about. One one of the things yeah. that um off the back of that that I'd never, you know, we we kind of spoke uh, as a community in advance, and you know, they they will very likely include dungeon dungeons as mm -hmm. part of you know, if they go down the route of zonal maps, you know, they'll they'll stick in towns, they'll stick in dungeons. Likely in areas that we're already familiar with, but by incorporating this sort of open world idea, you know, it's, as, as Daniel said, it's still going to be gated. There's still going to be a, a degree of res restriction, just not as much as, as we thought. Mm -hmm. But what it's now opened up is this idea of secret areas, mm -hmm. you know, taking, taking the tiny Bronco and finding an island somewhere that's not on the map or yeah. not, not immediately on the map. So, you know... These are the types of things that are really going to start um, opening up people's eyes to the exploration side of things. Um, and I'm, I, I got to hand it to you, Daniel. You know, when when you first put out your your video about the sort of the world map and how you believed that it was it was going to play out. You know, some of the ideas made perfect sense. Some of them I wasn't too sure about, but for the most part, you seem to have got it right. So, Thank you. Um, you know, it's. Uh, I kind of hold my hands up and, and admit that I'm not as familiar with sort of open world gaming. So my my sort of how I could imagine it was was maybe a bit limited. 
but now that I've actually seen it in play and thought, yeah, do you know what? This this actually looks fantastic. Yeah. They, they've done it. They've, they've they've brought this blend of things that I just didn't I didn't foresee at all. And yeah, it's now actually possible. None of us thought they were going to do it, but it's now actually possible that they might actually have airship gameplay. I'm yeah. So like that, I think that is where my my question still lingers. So um, like I want to see I want to see a little bit more. I've seen the like the fog. I call it the fog of war, but that's not what you like the the fog of map. Uh, basically, yeah. where it's like you are uncovering the map as you go. So the what kind of maybe I'm just in disbelief, right? Like I'm just like there's no way. Um, where I'm just like okay, so you leave calm and you are filling out the map as you go, but I'm just like. So there's not going to be mountains that are going to be in the way that kind of make this a uh, Final Fantasy 16 style where you have to like, you're like, here's your, an open area for you to run around in, but you are still kind of on a linear path. Like that's going to wrap around. It doesn't seem to be that way. And then when you say like, we're going to be able to fly the high wind on it, obviously that's going to be part three. Um, but like uh, being able, even when he says you'll be in the tiny Bronco, and, you know, for fans of the original, no, that's, that's you know, you're going to be able to cross oceans and stuff. And I'm like, you're going to be able to cross the ocean in this thing? Now, uh, when when I looked at the map and, like, in my, in my kind of analysis of it, my short analysis of it, I can tell that the map is actually a lot different than the Ever Crisis map. So the, the uh, so it, which was very much close to the original map, but even the Ever Crisis map changed up some things. And now it looks like Rebirth has kind of taken it and just kind of like compacted it you know like they just compacted the uh the eastern continent um there's there's some like different kind of land uh formations that are not in the original it looks like or i i heard i think tifa say it uh that fort condor is on on an island now yeah so that's red 13 says it and the you know the the junon demo as soon as the the party starts running yeah uh, red 13 talks about it Okay, cool. Yeah, so there's so there there are some changes, and from what I've seen, they you know how they've condensed the island uh, or the island, the the continent. Um, I'm like, okay, so this does feel realistic now, like like in my mind, like re- it's realistically possible for them to make this a world map now with this continent. You got the western continent, the northern continent. You have the islands of Medeal and Benora over here. You got the Wutu over uh, Wutu, <laughs> Wutai going over here. And I'm like, so I think Wutai and and the other uh, islands, Medeal, um, I think they're not going to be in the second one. I think they confirmed that. Um, they they uh, said they, they might that be. it wasn't. They said that it wasn't part of the the story. Oh, gotcha. Didn't go through Wutai. Wutai. But then and there's that moment in CGS. Where there was that sort of Gilgamesh, Gilgamesh thing, and it looked like it That's, was in yeah that that a might Wutai, not be Wutai, Wutai town though that might be a different part. Wutai is its own continent, so mm-hmm. it's possible yeah. that um, there's also kind of question marks over the the sort of cultural identity of the the island nation of Rador. That's that's mm-hmm. another crisis. Mm-hmm. Um, although the they've they've got kind of temples quite like Temple of the Ancients. Mm-hmm. There, so the 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 sort of cultural uh, style is is probably different to Wutai, but it might not be. Maybe that's where the Gilgamesh thing comes in. But yeah. um, but I think uh, they definitely said that Wutai is not going to be part of the story. You know, yeah. there's there's a question mark as, as to whether or not it can be visited. 
Um, but I would anticipate that if you if you do have the tiny Bronco and you can travel across oceans, they would still make some of these places accessible. Right. Like so. And another thing I noticed on the uh, uh, the demo, Calm had uh, little black dotted lines going across it, and I was like, wait a second, that looks like a seam. You know, <laughs> but I, I don't know if it, it's just like it's kind of blocking you from going back to Midgar. It's like you can't go back to Midgar right now. Um, but yeah, so man, the the world map is super exciting. There's so much to talk about there, and I am actually working on a, a, a script for that one as well. Uh, where I'm, you know, I love my maps. I got to do my maps. Uh, first of all, I want to say a big shout out to everybody who's in the in the chat right now. Thank you so much. I hope you guys are having fun and and enjoying the uh, just. Be excited, you know what I mean? Just, like, share the hype with each other. I am going to get around to saying, like, all right, let's 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 take a look at chat. Let's get them involved in the conversation and stuff like that. I'm not, you know, it's definitely going to have some time set aside for that. Um, but what I would like to do is kind of move on to the next topic, uh, which is mini well, Just before you do, oh, very, yeah, yeah, very yeah. quickly, just them. Um, one of the other things that we were talking about, the, the sort of gated idea, mm-hmm. um and the, the mountains that separate um, the sort of grasslands area from Midgar or from the, the other side of the continent, um, it's very possible that you might actually see um, that you certainly won't be able to traverse them immediately, but they might have some of the black chocobo uh, climbing features uh, on the side. But one of the things that we definitely saw in the TGS demo is that there is not likely to be a way to get across the swamplands um, without the chocobo. Um so there's there's definitely uh, it looks as if you know the the, the grasslands area is self-contained mm-hmm. until you get access to sort of you know better gear or or yeah. black chocobos or or whatnot. So um, I I really like this. I like this idea of sort of you you can't have the film up all in one go because mm-hmm. it's just it's too much. It's too overwhelming. That's the way view. I like it, man. I yeah. I really well, like that much better than any other open world. What's up, professor? And one of the things I want to add on to that is that if you think back to Final Fantasy VII original back in 1997, you know, we had been playing Final Fantasy I through VI, mm-hmm. and it was, you know, you had these vast open world maps, right? But then I, I, I remember the first time we hit the world map in seven, right? Like it becomes this big sprawling thing. But then when you got every vehicle, it just opened up a little bit more. And it was like, okay, this is awesome. But when you got the high wind and especially the disc three high wind, when like you've got the like rockets on the back or whatever, like I, you know, 13 year old Wade, I I'm just like flying that thing vibing to the high wind music during that third disc, just round and round and round. So here's, this is what I've always dreamed of. Right. And so when, when we moved to this more, modernized, very technical um, 3D world starting in Final Fantasy X, the airship became like a, a fast travel mechanism. And we really lost that. But this is the first time that I've seen something like this, where at least there's the possibility of it. Somebody in the chat mentioned this is going to be a Witcher-style open world. And there's a lot of truth to that. But if you remember going from one continent to the other, that you would go to the, the ship dock and there'd be a loading screen to go over there. We're talking about being able to get into a high wind or maybe your gold cho- chocobo and go round and round and round the globe mm. seamlessly. And if we do that, that's a technical marvel that, is. that has not been done. <laughs> that's not like just it, an open world. That is a literal, a literal world. <laughs> that, that, is, exactly. that is a planet that you're able to circle around. You can go from, if you head east, you're going to end up at the same spot. I don't exactly. know. Somebody please... 
Correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think that has ever been done in video games. Where they've made like a well, not okay, in the modern era. Like, what is that? Like, no man's does No Man's Sky do it? I don't know. But like, where where you're basically like a where you could just go one direction and then you make your way back to the next one. Uh, you can yeah. like No, no Man's Man, Sky. No Man's Sky. Like you can. A, you can. But a story driven, (laughs) a story driven RPG like this, we have not had that sort of thing. So, like, usually a game's gameplay design is going to be like, oh yeah, you can hop into a ship and fly, and the Mm. entire game is like a World War II fighter or something (laughs) like that, right? Or or Star Wars, but something like this that's so grounded with interpersonal characters, gameplay, and then mini games. My gosh, it is a full world, and that's what's most exciting. So gotcha. I don't, we, yeah. we keep we keep kind of like uh, looking even more to the future because of what Rebirth is setting up for us, what we've seen this week. Uh, like we're, we're looking at the future. We're looking at Highwind, which is not going to be in Rebirth. Uh, but no. um, like so like something that I, I kind of want to say this one last thing about like part three. <laughs> but uh, like for part three, uh, I, have, I had somebody kind of comment and just like, uh, oh, man, is the you know, are these contents going to be enough for like value of uh you know exploration and stuff and we're like well you know there's a whole lot of world that we're missing and i'm and, you know what are they gonna or or i've even had the flip side of that conversation where somebody's like oh my god what's even what is even part three going to do for us after that and i'm like guys we go underwater we take to the skies we go to space Thanks. we got the other islands <laughs> I'm like, I'm like part three is going to be massive and yeah, you it's can like play. no man's <laughs> final fantasy at that point i mean and, and, and the world and the world will feel different too right like yeah. i forgot who what i was i was watching somebody and they made a great point of like um you know when when they walked into calm and i think all of us mm. welled up a little bit inside because it's just like oh my god i can't believe it mm. uh <laughs> it was just how lively it was like yeah it really felt like a lived-in place, and uh, and you know the the vibe of it, right? It was so happy. It was so Disneyland. It was so Alexandria. It looked like FF9. Disneyland. I feel like a little yeah, yeah. boy. Like- <laughs> yeah, but they had like at one point they they had like you know they walked by those people who were doing a dance. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, sort of in the in the town square and whatnot. Now imagine imagine going to calm after meteor is summoned. Uh, right, like the 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 feeling the of vibe, every place yeah. is going to feel different. Uh, and so even if we're going to the same places, the context is going to be so different in part yeah. three that it's going to feel refreshed. Uh, I, if, if I, love, that reason only. I, I love that even, even with Calm, there's, there's, um, I don't know if you guys saw from the TGS footage set is certainly in the English footage that, um, the dancers that you're talking about subtext, um, is a callback to the opening of Dodge of Cerberus where they're having the celebration in the street mm. and there's the parade of dancers. Um, there's also that little town square. It, it does actually seem from the map um, when the when they showed the footage of Queen's Blood, uh, it looks as if that's in Calm as well. And there's like a, a little um, like a canal behind where they were sitting, mm-hmm. and there seems to be like when they switch in and out of the map for Calm. Um, there's there's actually another area behind it, and I'm kind of hoping that that's also it will have like the cathedral and things like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In terms of so that I, I actually think that what we saw of Calm just in that little uh, area is not anywhere near all there is to see uh, for Calm, uh, which is really exciting. That's a really good question too, because um, it, it is really exciting to think about. And even on the other side of it, where it's like, if that is all that we get of calm, I'm I'm still happy with it. Like it's, it's um, excuse me, 
where when you look at the map of uh, Calm in that demo, it does have this odd shape. Like it looks like it is boxed off by the buildings. It looks like it's boxed off by the um, the canals that you were talking about. Um, I mean, that could have just been where he exp- wherever that player explored, and then that's what it highlighted it and opened it up. Um, or it is just literally that's all you get of Calm, which is it still looks incredible. Um, and then that, that's why I was like thinking of that black dotted line. And I'm like, I wonder if you can't actually enter the, the city of calm from the open world map. And that would kind of throw a hook into the, the idea of being able to fly around. Um, like if it yeah, was it kind of that, like a, yeah, yeah. That dotted line, I mean, because you also talked about it and from when I was watching your video that there's sort of a stream. Yeah. It, it also seemed like it was just a waterway. Could be. Um, like I don't think it was it was a real blocking point because you then walk over because it, it showed sort of a, a stair like on the overview map sort of view you could see sort of stairs going over it okay so and I think that's what you walk over I I don't know I don't okay. think it's cut off but but they do it does seem like there is a uh, story wise right when you watch that the English version and they look up at the the um, sort of helicopters in the sky and the the, the airships in the sky. Uh, they seem to be like, well, we can't go back there now, right? So mm-hmm. um, it seems established within the cutscene that maybe you, you're not able to go back, but I don't know. Yeah, I mean... Well, the, there was obviously the fast travel point uh, there, so it, it sort of begs the question as that's to whether true. or not you can exp- you can explore Calm. It's gotta be! Yeah, that's, that's a great point. Shin- the Shinra uh, mm-hmm. guys arrive. Um, there's so, a tower. Yeah, there's there's a tower mm-hmm. back there, yeah, like one of the Chadley mm-hmm. towers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a great point. Yeah, there is a Chadley tower outside of that little box I was telling you guys, like I was mentioning. So that's a good point. Um, all right, so Wade, I know that you got a little bit of time here. I want to, I want to get some more thoughts uh, before you have to dip out, man. Uh, so um, let's talk about. Let's just, let's just give me fire away, man. What is something on your mind, Wade? Is something on your mind? Um, I, I mean, beyond the world itself, I, yeah. I think that I am most excited about the little touches um, from the original, you know, between the mini games, um, oh, the expansion. Yeah. One thing that I loved about Remake, uh, I loved a lot about Remake, but one thing that I really loved is that they leaned into Cloud as this mercenary, um, calling him Merc and all this stuff. Here we get to see him actually make money as a mercenary a bit. Mm-hmm. We've got these hunt boards. Um, you've got these special side sort of things. It just seems like a world that has so much to do with little flourishes that really open up. Um, You know, one of the things that I loved about Remake is that if there was one frame of a location or one sentence of dialogue, they turned it into three chapters, right? Yeah. And, like, that's what I love about this. They're doing it with everything, though. Um, And I don't know how they made (laughs) this game, to be honest. I I have no idea. Um, But it's... It's like a dream come true. So one thing that I, that was really special for me, um, when we talk about how there's so much to do, this world is so uh, it's teeming with so much to do. Um, but one thing that I was very like uh, focused on, I was looking out for it. I was like, all right, w- it's a great, nice, awesome looking world. I love the verticality of it. But how do they keep it interesting? Where, where's mm. the you know 
what makes me what's the incentive uh, incentive for me to want to go explore the that broken down temple or you know what i mean like i love that about this by the way it's adding a depth of history to final fantasy 7 that the original yeah. game wasn't able to do so now mm-hmm. you have ruins of civilizations that took place after the cetra and before um you know what we're at now the timeline we're in now so being able to maybe even see a town that kind of was abandoned from the Republic, right? Uh, to kind of go in there and you get a little bit of history, like a visual history of everything. I think that is awesome. So that's one thing, the visual element of it. But what did you think of this one, uh, Wade? When when we were talking uh, about side quests, this is one topic that came up a lot in Final Fantasy 16. Yeah. Where I was like, all right. You had a lot of side quests pop up. Now, for me personally, I was kind of like, I was like, ah, man, I'm. it does a great job with world building. But what I really wanted was I wanted to feel more connected to the characters. Like, I wanted to feel more connected to Jill. I wanted to go out, you know what I mean? Like, hey, Jill, come come with me. Let's go, let's go do some side quests together and then, like, interact with each other. But they did not interact with each other. And, and now, with Rebirth... They did something for me that I was like, ah, yeah, that's it. That's it. Two things. First thing is that there was a dialogue option wheel to kind of give you a a, decision of what you want Cloud to say. And I've recently seen that there was an interview where they're saying we're giving you more choice as the player. I think that's great. Um, But another thing was great. They were like, for this side quest in particular, Red 13 will join you. And Red 13 is very excited to do this job. Uh, And and you get to kind of like bond with Red. You know, he's yeah. jealous of Chocobos. I was like, ah, look at this. This is cool. I like that. Yeah, you know what funny. I mean? Yeah. I like that. And, you know, this is one of those those really cool things that they're doing with this game. And I, I don't want to get into the, the 16 versus Rebirth sort of thing. Oh, no, I, no. I don't I, love I don't think 16. that's super helpful. No, same, same. <laughs> like, uh, for me personally, it's it's a 10 out of 10. It's probably my game of the year, right? Um, but I, I absolutely <laughs> love it. Spending a lot of my life dedicated to 16 right now. <laughs> yeah. But You're I teaching. Just, <laughs> exactly. exactly. I, I, I just put out a video on side quests, and I actually used a, um, I used some research from a guy named John Keller out of Florida State. And in 2010, he published a book on interest and motivation. So bear with me for a second. There's four components of interest, right? What is it? Does it keep your attention through constant curiosity and arousal? Number two, does it maintain relevance and world building within that scope of the world number three does it build confidence putting you to the test for what you already know and finally does it give you satisfying rewards So these four components, I think, can be overlaid to any game, but especially for optional content side content side quests, This is really important 16 did an amazing job of Mm -hmm. building the world like the relevance was off the charts of everything however sometimes the gameplay loop was a little bit samey why because they focused everything they had on combat and that is so so good for that game what i'm excited about with this side content is that it's going to give us that relevance the world building but it's also challenging our gameplay styles it's also going to diversify gameplay loops so you know one one thing has like uh what is it chocobo hot and cold almost from the the final fantasy 9 then you're going to move into (laughs) mini games then you've got fort condor over here i mean it's final fantasy 7 is so good at changing up the gameplay formula that you never get bored with that stuff and then ultimately that satisfaction piece 
I would say new materia, materia synergies, all this kind of stuff. There's so many cool rewards that you can get that leave you satisfied. And so for those four reasons, I'm really excited about what Rebirth is doing, just differently than 16. Yeah, yeah to, to build on that, actually, uh, I looked at the, um, I was watching the English version of the, the TGS stuff, and they showed, um, like, the quest right on the board. And so I paused and I was reading the description of them. Uh, and... They were interesting, right? Because I love what you brought up, Wade, in terms of in remake how they set up that Cloud was a Merc, but then he was doing things that were like, "What a war, what a war, what a Merc really be looking for cats?" Right. Or, you know, like yeah, and is he that really said, building his rep? Yeah, like I, which was funny. I yeah, I, it was funny, but I had issues with the with the side quest in, in remake because they didn't. What I wanted from the quest in remake that it seems like Rebirth is doing is giving it a little bit more of a concept of the world. Like I, I wished that more of the side quests in Remake, for example, would help unpack, you know, what Shinra was doing to Midgar and then the people of Midgar and really getting a better understanding of like them as sort of the main antagonistic force of that part of the world. And you didn't really get that in Remake. And it seems like Rebirth might delve more into that, but going specifically into your point about the variety of experiences. So the, uh, the, the things were, so there was the one to help out the farmer, which we saw, and the two other ones, was one was a Queen's Blood one. So it was somebody complaining that they had, you know, lost one of their cards in a match. And so they were looking for a player to sort of win that card back for them. Uh, so one of them is based on the, on the card game. And then the other one uh, was about a Maka leak that needed emergency repairs. Um, and it mentioned like a technician, uh, but you're obviously not a technician. And so the I don't know exactly what the quest is, but in my mind, it started making me think of maybe there's a mini game to sort of like fix it you know um so i'm just like so excited about all the different type of experiences they're going to give us yeah, totally totally i i actually think we'd kind of going back to your, your point um about 16 that i think one of the reasons that uh, 16 sort of split the the fan base a little bit in terms of the side quest content was that it was only the the rewards for it you know, there the, the were a few times where you get, you know, the recipe for cool swords and whatnot. But the rewards for it was almost exclusively knowledge. Mm, mm-hmm. And some people playing the game were not looking for knowledge. They were looking right. for cool items. They were looking for crafting or weapons or whatnot. So for the, the individuals who were not massively invested in the world building side of things, it was a, a bit of a letdown. And I mm. get that. But it was exactly what I wanted because I wasn't playing 16 for the weapons or the, the world building, or sorry, the crafting. I, I was there for the information. I was there for the knowledge. Mm-hmm. So it, it was perfect for me. So I hope that Rebirth will do the same. I yeah. hope that it will, you know, it'll sort of change it up a bit. You know, the, the, the mini games or the, the side quests will be a bit more diverse. But I really, really do hope that this will be the opportunity to go down quite a few rabbit holes and explain what the Republic of Dunan was to explain what influence the Cetra had in different parts of the world, you know, various mm-hmm. bits and pieces. Uh, so there's there's so much opportunity here. And, you know, having having studied Nijima's work for the last twenty years, I I think he'll he'll be really interested in this. <laughs> I, I expect to find lore everywhere. And yeah. I'm so excited. Yeah, that's uh, I mean, that, like so. Like I said, where you know you get the visual history of it, but I would absolutely love that as well, where you get the kind of uh, a whole side quests dedicated to that kind of stuff. That's awesome. Um, yeah. 
So yeah, like I mean, what, 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 so much other stuff to talk about. I kind of I had something in mind that I wanted to throw out there. Um, uh, where was it? Uh, it was like to jump in, but I didn't want to cut you guys off. Uh, so, so real quick, Wade, I know you're coming down to the last uh, like couple minutes that you got you got with us here. Um, about ten minutes. About ten more minutes. All right, cool, yeah. cool. Uh, what do you guys want to talk about next when it comes to? What do you guys want to talk about next? Let me. I'm, t- I'm checking out chat. I see a lot of Final Fantasy 16 versus. Uh, re- I I know that it's it's weird. You're not you're not com- comparing them, but it's hard not yeah. to. You're a fan. You're a Final Fantasy fan. It's fine. Oh, it's also very yeah. fresh. Huh? Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. all good, man. We all love Final Fantasy 16, and you know there was some things that I think this is important to kind of go off of what Night Sky Prince has been talking about. Something I truly believe as well. Whereas you iterate upon what you have you started and uh like where ever since man i don't know it's been a couple final fantasies now where they just kind of like wipe it <laughs> and start fresh uh and and it's you know that you have to build a brand new everything whereas remake is this is a perfect example of how rebirth is building on what the foundations that yeah. re remake set and now that i see the bigger picture of things man what a brilliant idea to just keep it midgar only that was brilliant because then yeah. you don't have to take on so much of the like the open world and all that. you're just establishing how the game plays you're establishing how the you know like everything is and it was such a great idea to keep it contained in midgar because now we get rebirth that is just blown up out of proportion because the foundation is already set yeah. and the foundation's yeah. the hardest thing to do in video games so I think with uh, 16, I think that is a solid foundation, right? And if they can just iterate upon that, I bet we'll be talking about 17 the same way. Like 17, like, oh my freaking God, They're now they're doing the open world. Now they're doing this stuff. Um, so yeah, I, I, I mean, I think we got to look at it that way. And I think Rebirth is a perfect example of how important it is for final fantasy to kind of like establish that um and yeah man this is it's so exciting um to, to, to sort of build off of that the, yeah. the thing that i was thinking i was also thinking about msp's whole point around um iteration and how important it is and he's been talking about that again since all the tgs stuff because it's so evident right like how much stuff and max dude has talked about that before too of like i remember after the first rebirth thing he, he had a long stream and then he was talking about Look, they needed to sort of get the systems down. You know, it takes years to figure out combat systems. Mm-hmm. Literal years. So now that that's sort of sorted and they're just sort of building on top of it, it gives them the opportunity to sort of work on all these different elements. You know, I think as fans especially, we don't appreciate just how hard it is to make a video game. Like, it is <laughs> extremely difficult, even if you're really good at it, right? Like, you have these... You know, look at something like uh, CDPR, right? CD Projekt Red with Cyberpunk. They had made Witcher. They had very, you know, well-established studio. And they took on this whole new project of Cyberpunk, and it blew up in their face at launch, at least. Right? And they've had to, like, sort of re-earn the respect and, and everything. It's incredibly hard to make a video game. Um, and uh, sort of seeing, even even now, even, you know, seeing Rebirth stuff, I'm like, and knowing that they're iterating, so they have a lot of core systems set, it almost seems too good to be true of, like, all the stuff we've seen. I'm like, oh my god, are they really going to have this, 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 this? Uh, the piano mini game, the, the, you know, the card game, the, there's so much that they're doing. Um, and But it is really exciting, because uh, to that point, uh, sorry, I'm rambling a little bit, but, like, I remember uh, 
I, I've wanted remake for forever, right? Like I remember even before they did the PS3 tech demo, when I when I saw when I first saw Final Fantasy X and the graphics on the PlayStation yeah. 2, I was like, <laughs> oh my god, could you imagine Final Fantasy VII looking like that? <laughs> Holy crap. And and I wanted it back then. Like I wanted it then, I wanted it back during the PS3. But Square Enix and CBE One, I think, are so much better. They went through so many sort of learning experiences with action combat, world building. They brought in a lot of new talent to work on things like the battle system, people from Capcom. Like, if I got it back then when I originally wanted it, it would probably not have been very good. And I'm, yeah. I'm so glad that it took them so long to get to this place because I think they're really kind of at the peak of their powers and, like, you just see it. You know, we're all sitting here just watching this game dumbfounded mm-hmm. as to how much they're fitting in and how good all of it looks. Yes. Uh, chat real quick. Uh, go ahead and if you guys have anything that you want us to talk about, um, now's the time. Or ask like, Professor Noctis. Yeah, yeah. Or or ask Professor Noctis because he's got about about six minutes left. So uh, if you got anything for the professor, go ahead and send some send some stuff in the chat there. Uh, I do kind of want to throw out there when you're cruising down on the wheelie in in Costa del Sol kind of on your segue man you know what i'm saying <laughs> he passes by he passes by some uh some ladies selling surfboards and i was like dude are you gonna give me a surfing minigame like i don't know i'm just gonna throw that out there are you give me a surfing minigame uh that would make a whole lot things on the table yeah, everything is on the table at this point, so. <laughs> there's so many minigames um so i got i got like my own like little uh we can talk about story theories if you guys want to um based off of that trailer if you want i got i got something to say about that as well um all right here we go professor um go ahead this one's coming from joel vincent uh what are your predictions for the ending of rebirth uh i mean it's anybody's guess uh but (laughs) what what i'll say somebody asked me recently what do you think of the zach stuff like is he alive is he not i don't know that's above my pay grade right um but what i will say is that i love the way that they are introducing zach um into this early one of my biggest critiques of the original game was that they bring zach in at the 11th hour and it's like <laughs> uh, who, who could have ever guessed that right yeah. like maybe maybe i guess but like i've never seen him i don't know him all this kind of stuff and here this is somebody that that you care about and so when we eventually get that reveal of of what's going on with him in in the remake compilation but also who he is to cloud even if you've played reunion um crisis core um i think that the payoff is going to be that much greater now as far as the ending, we know that it goes to the Forgotten Capital. I um, I made a small video the other day about kind of one of my thoughts um, on, on this. But what I do think is going to happen is that it's going to be uh, the final result is going to be exactly what happened in the original game. Um, I also think that um, that Zach in whatever world timeline live stream existence he is in, he is going to feel helpless and though he's failed now Mm -hmm. as far as my great big theory and like this is like dropping a grenade and then running to my work (laughs) um so i totally understand about this for the next three hours that's that's fine that's fine my my big thing (laughs) my big thing is that you know i think that he probably is in this sort of uh live stream stasis i don't know how it happens but i think that for whatever reason sephiroth's intervention maybe through the party and their interaction with the whispers and remake has caused a 
stifling in the flow of the life stream and souls and memories of those who have existed and will exist the whole flow of the planet they cannot pass mm. and so there's a there's a clog what i think that w it will be setting up is a multi-level sort of confrontation of sephiroth and the life stream sephiroth up top <laughs> and like we've got two separate entities the Sus. zach party the cloud party that's essentially fighting the the battle on two fronts sounds that like is a final uh, fantasy <laughs> sounds like a final fantasy, <laughs> sounds right? like a final fantasy to me <laughs> how they get it pull and how they pull it off more importantly i have no idea but that's yeah. what i think could be happening very interesting. Any to build on the Zach thing, mm -hmm. uh, the one thing that I, uh, that that really came to my mind when I watched Baby Seal's video, actually, because it was more of the Nibelheim flashback cutscene, um, and and Cloud acting in very uh, <laughs> Zachian ways, because um, you know a, a couple of pieces of content that I've created have been largely inspired by me trying to figure out in my head, you know, why they why they spoiled that already, right? Like why they they've essentially given up. You know who Cloud is, who Zaka is, um, through the release of Crisis Core, through Hojo sort of mentioning it, and I think that one thing I, I really underestimated was how hard it was going to be to pull off that twist, given mocap and voice acting, and because the second you watch that cutscene, you're like, that's not Cloud. <laughs> like, I don't know if, if I don't know if you would be able to fully put that just, together. Just you know, like. Yeah, yeah, I don't know if you'd fully be able to pull it together if you don't know all the lore, yeah. but something will feel really off. And I know that they kind of you kind of feel that in the original game, mm. but because it's just text and you know yeah. little mm -hmm. polygons, you're you're not really picking on it. It's easy. It's easier to pull the trick off mm -hmm. in the PS One game versus yeah. like this fully realized version of it. Yeah, I think it's I think it's just like this is this conversation is an example of what this is so like uh so like the question people have is about zach like that's the mystery like what is mm -hmm. going on there uh the mystery is no longer we we know we know what's going on everybody knows what's going on with cloud um especially with reunion like crisis core reunion dropping just last year everybody knows what's happening so it's kind of like i think they're gonna have some fun with that i think they're even possibly during that flashback and calm i think they're probably going to have sephiroth really messing with cloud like really be like that's not what happened cloud you know what i mean like you know like you know that's not true you know you just kind of just like mess him up and like what and like like maybe even mental glitches and it's like for a second somebody else and he comes back and like really confused as he's trying to tell this story um that could be interesting not the, uh, the, the, the point about um Final Fantasy VII is that we had to get to the, a stage where Cloud's mental breakdown occurs, mm -hmm. and the big mystery in fact, the original Final Fantasy VII was who is Cloud? Mm -hmm. But here we are, 25 years later, we already know the answer to that mystery. Mm -hmm. So you have to achieve the mental breakdown by other means, yep. which is what I think changing the story of Zack is all about. Still um, a... Uh... It's, yeah, it, it still is going to culminate to this uh, this big reveal, hopefully in the live stream. And if we go off of what, uh, like, off your theory, uh, Professor Noctis, like, it's that's in the live stream. Uh, mm -hmm. But yeah, you, it's six fourteen. I don't want you to. You, know, you said you had to roll out, so I don't want to be talking. And then you're like, hey, excuse me. <laughs> yeah, it, it probably is a good time for me to go. But uh, anyway, I would love to keep this conversation going. So <laughs> Y'all hit me up. I'll, I'll join the comments or something like Before that. Before you so. go, uh, where can yeah. everybody find you? Uh, like, you know, like yeah. to watch your content. I, as you guys can hear, like, he's got some great thoughts on stuff. So go ahead. 
Well, uh, everybody prop knocked us on Twitter, on YouTube, Twitch, you name it. Um, I'm on all of those things. I put out videos occasionally about uh, big questions um, that, that usually um, go, coincide with my college lectures. Uh, if you didn't know, I teach at the University of Alabama, Roll Tide, and I teach uh, religion, mythology, literature through Final Fantasy. So that's uh, what I did my dissertation on. I'm a real life professor and doctor of final fantasy and video God, that's and amazing that's amazing yeah you and me man <laughs> i want to join your class uh, <laughs> twitch buddy <laughs> there you go all right man well thank you so much right. for joining this I'll one take it easy see you man. Take care, man see you later there we go. I left it up. There you go. You guys had saw the overlay there. Uh, if you want to check out more on Professor Noctis. Uh, so uh, to kind of go back to chat real quick, we had Sleep Easy kind of like piggyback on that oh, question a that little guy. bit. Oh, Jeez. man. Freaking Sleep Easy, man. You know? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love Sleep Just Easy. Kidding. Yeah. Sleep Easy is the best. Yeah. Um, so he's basically kind of where do you think it's going to end what do you uh what do you want the most out of the ending uh, and then what are your hope uh hopes for the third title in terms of story expectations uh so that's that's something we're talking kind of let's let's touch on the ending a, a little bit more uh because we got what professor noctis thought uh let's go over to mj gallagher uh i'm i'm with professor noctis in terms of how it's going to end um although we've, we've had quite a lot of information come out about rebirth um i've my actual opinion on what what's been happening and what's likely to happen hasn't changed um a whole lot since the end of remake um i think we spoke about it years and years ago you know that from the the sort of mythology angle that um you, you can't change fate basically so you can change the circumstances but the outcome will remain the same mm-hmm which has always been my approach. So I, I'm still of the belief that uh, Aerith will will die at the end. Mm-hmm. Spoilers, sorry. Um, uh, I mean, I, th- I feel like yeah. at this point everybody's kind of on board with that. Like this is uh, we're spoiling the 1997 game. <laughs> so I think I think I think the manner of it will change. You know that, mm. and I I still think the it will be built up with the possibility of saving her, and then it'll be snatched away at the end. Um. I, I disagree with uh, Wade. I don't think the live streams involved here. I know I know it's it's quite a popular theory. Mm-hmm. Um, I you know uh, Vesuvazad that the Cosmo Canyon Observatory puts mm-hmm. forward a really compelling argument uh, about Zach being in the live stream. Um, I don't I don't agree with it myself. Mm-hmm. Um, simply because the environment that Zach is in, particularly the more information that we're shown. You know, there's a lot of people that we know to be alive at that point mm-hmm. still there, which which just creates too many inconsistencies for me. Um, I I do think, and and you know, as as much I've I've I always listened to to the single timeline theory because I I thought it was really interesting and really compelling, and, and Baby Seal in particular has always made a very good um, argument for it. But it never quite sat right with me because of the 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 two beagles, mm. and not the two beagles. Sorry, the two it's, stamps. It's, it's, I, yeah. I I always felt that there was a very definitive purpose there, and we would continue to see beagle stamp mm-hmm. later on. Um, so that's I I think we are we are, you know, I, I'm fairly convinced now that we are still dealing with two timelines. Um, and I do think that is. As we get closer towards the end of rebirth, we'll get to the point where 
whatever's happening in Zach's world will start to converge with whatever's going on. And I do, I do agree with, you know, Zach is likely to either be present for the death of Aerith or he will replace Cloud once Cloud has had a mental breakdown about his identity. Mm. And it will be because he comes face to face with Zach, who effectively he thinks he is, you know. Um, and it, it's at that point that, you know, Sephiroth will claim will claim Cloud uh, and it'll all go wrong for a little while. Although, one of the things that I found really curious is um, it was kind of pointed out, particularly if you look at the, the TGS, um, the, the kind of banners above uh, the stage or some of the promotional material, they had the, the Final Fantasy remake image with Cloud and the, the dark green sky mm-hmm. of Midgar. And then they had the, the rebirth image where, it, you know, you've got the, the dark green and then the red and then the light blue. And then there was a slot for the third game. And I'm pretty sure that the third game is now going to be, you know, that's the colour scheme that we're going with, this sort of open blue sky mm. type idea. Alternatively, it could just be that that's where Crisis Core Reunion fits in, that colour scheme. Um, but... It kind of seems odd that if you would have a bright blue colour scheme, that it seems a bit more happy-go-lucky to me. Yeah. You know, um, which isn't necessarily the the tone that you would expect from a game, which, you know, I think a lot of us anticipate that at the end of Rebirth, it will all have gone wrong. Mm-hmm. And we're kind of left on a cliffhanger to a degree. Yeah, I don't think... Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that... that may, I love colours color theory and color schemes and all that other stuff too that that's very interesting because um, yeah you i don't know if blue would be the one and plus it's i mean the only thing that would put me towards blue is because it is kind of the the, the color schemes of remake is blue and green so green being remake and then blue but uh but yeah so that's very interesting um uh thoughts there subtext you have you have your your videos that you're working on now I do want to get to some more questions here, but do you want to uh, do you want to touch on that question a little bit, or do you just want to leave it like, hey, check out my videos? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, no. I mean, I can I can actually talk about a couple things that okay. that are probably going to be in the video, but I don't care. I'm here now, and I don't want to talk. <laughs> um, uh, but uh, uh, you know, I, I agree with the vast majority of what MJ said. Um, you know, in terms of the worlds and and the live stream and and kind of all those factors. I mean, I think. One of the things that I've been thinking about quite a bit is sort of what, how are they trying to build this story, right? That was what the Unreliable World video was was really digging into in terms of how do they sort of structure, you know, what is the, the crux? And, and, and it is like, you know, I remember I, I really focused on the lies and deceptions portion of it. And then when Clark reacted uh, to the video on his stream, he pointed out that, like, the other part of that is still really important, the other part of the sentence mm-hmm. that, that came from the official introduction back in the day, where it was like, you know, one mercenary must look uh, amidst the lies and deception to find the man he is within. And the find the man he is within portion is equally as important as, like, the lies and deception of the world itself or, the, or that Sephiroth is telling. And mm-hmm. so, you know, it really seems like the big where I go is it seems like you know there's that uh, Nomura was talking about the uh, the new key art the new box art and he mentioned that uh, you know he's standing between Cloud and Zack whose destinies have been torn apart by Sephiroth 
Um, and we know that Zach is sort of a very instrumental grounding for Cloud. Like, once Cloud really knows who he is, once he knows who Zach is, he sort of knows who he is himself. Um, Zach sort of, like, helps center Cloud in a lot of ways. Um, and so if, and so does Tifa, right? Tifa is also instrumental, you know, their history and their past. And it seems that Sephiroth is targeting both of them in some way, right? He's, in all the other trailers before this one, he's been, you know, trying to undermine Tifa, even implying that maybe she's some uh, product of Genova trickery. Uh, he's been, and now he's doing this thing with Zack, which we don't know much, right? They've kept the Zack stuff fairly well hidden, even though we've seen him a few more times. We haven't really seen him in the bigger context. We've seen him in Midgar, right? Mm -hmm. Walking around the cloud. Um, so what I think Sephiroth is trying to do is something that Sleepy has been mentioning of like, trying to really rip apart these foundations of cloud. Mm -hmm. um, these things that, that make, that center cloud in his identity. Um, and the more he can get cloud to sort of question those things, the more, the easier it is for Sephiroth to manipulate him. Um, and so what I think the sort of overarching thing is going to be is in the first game, the mystery, which we all talked about is we all know the answer to now in terms of who Cloud is. I think what they're trying to set up is this feeling that we as the players are going to be like, oh my God, I know that this thing is very important to getting Cloud back. I know this thing is very important to getting Cloud back, but we are going to feel like Cloud is almost reached a point that we can't recover him, mm. right? We're going to feel based on what we know that like, Oh my God! If Sephiroth did this and this, how in the world is Cloud going to become Cloud again? Yeah, and that is going to sort of be the big question and the big sort of reveal of like, how do you do the live stream sequence better than you ever did the live stream sequence? Is you make us all question if they can even do it, like yeah. if Cloud can actually fully recover himself? How, is it possible? Um, I like that. So I and I think the the journey to get to recovering Cloud is going to be the thing that is going to surprise us. They're going to drop a lot of new stuff into that, and it's going to feel fresh again. It's going to be the same thing. It's going to have the same end result as MJ talked about in terms of getting Cloud back. That sounds, um, sounds like the ingredients of a, a of a lot of theory videos leading up yeah. to part three. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. to keep to keep everybody uh, talking about it all the way up. Because that's that's another thing that they have to do at the end of this yeah. one, is to, to come up with another uh cliffhanger or another at least a mystery that is so big that yeah. sleep easy has to make more 10 hour videos and you know like you know like that that'll to keep people you know satisfied all the way up until part three um and yeah i mean i think i think that's one thing that they have to do uh just to throw my two cents in there i think i think zach and Aerith will both come to an agreement or not an agreement but like come to a realization they gotta go like they have to be in the live stream. Like that's kind of what they have. and they'll go willingly. They'll do it. it it'll be a, it'll be an emotional thing. But I really do think that they're going to live on in the live stream. Like, like that's kind of what they have to do. Um, but I think Cloud is going to do his best to try and save them uh, from that. But uh, yeah. And then if I had to like kind of take Professor Noctis's and kind of like bring that into what you guys are saying, I think Sephiroth created that world out of the live stream the the memories of the live stream just kind of created the world but it's not in the live stream it's just took the memories of the planet and made a new planet um and that's the one that's being born that's the red galaxy in the um in the edge of creation and then like so so sephiroth is saying here's a new one where your friends live 
you know, I feel like that's going to be kind of the thing where Cloud's going to be like, oh, okay. Like, he's going to give him a choice. Seven seconds till the end. You have a choice. Choose the universe that I've made that your friends live in. Aerith and uh, Zack is going to be alive. Or choose this dying universe, the one you're trying to save. And this is the one where, you know, everybody dies. Zack, Aerith, uh, the, these are going to be, your, you know, you're going to have to witness that all over again. And, you know, maybe Cloud is going to be, and I'm, I don't know. We'll see what he has to do. His mental well, state. One, yeah, one, one of the things to keep in mind is there's two clouds. Now there's well. two clouds. That's, yep, that's true. And who, um, what's going to happen? With, uh, some Genova tomfoolery. It could be that one one uh, mental projection transfers onto the other. Um, mm. I, I also really like the idea of because you've now got at least two worlds or two timelines or continuities or whatever you want to, to mm-hmm. call it. Um, that meteor will hit the planet in one, and won't in the Ooh. other. Mm. So that's uh that's very interesting too because in my in my breakdown video I kind of talk about uh how I feel like because right at the beginning I I wrote, I wrote like a whole theory uh right at the beginning of the breakdown video I was like all right what well, it said will you be in the world well that's the literal translation thanks to at turquoise hammer will you be in the world that is be uh, that I'm trying to save uh that's the literal translation the actual one one the actual one was the world will be saved, but will you? Um, so kind of what I was going off of that, I was like, I bet this is some sort of Lost style. Like, I don't know if you guys watched Lost, uh, the TV series. Like, Lost Lost style flash sideways type thing. Um, but whereas, like, now Zack has entered Midgar, a Midgar where Cloud never got off the train. Tifa never brought, her, brought him back to Avalanche. He never joined Avalanche. Avalanche bombed Reactor 1 by themselves. Then Shinra stamped him out by dropping the plate on him, and now they're done. Now, uh, you know, Z- Cloud wasn't there to protect, uh, to be the bodyguard for Aerith, so they, they took Aerith back. They, they have Aerith now, um, and that's why she's not in the church. That's why there's no flowers growing, because she's not around anymore. Like, she's she's with Shinra, uh, so that's why Zack can't find her. And I feel like that's kind of where Zack is at. I think, and uh, one of the interesting details to note was in the, in the beginning of the trailer, we're used to seeing white feathers, we're used to seeing black feathers, but it was just a bunch of dead flower petals that went by. So dead flower petals signifying that I feel like this is a dead world. This is like, it may look nice or it may, you know, may be nice that you're alive, but you're really living in a dead world. Like this is not a good place to be. There's disaster happening. There's, uh, I don't know the skybox might be different, messed up again, but the, on the sky, yeah. yeah, yeah, things are, things are happening and, uh, everybody didn't seem to be in the best shape, uh, at the, uh, end of intermission when Zach kind of walked into the church. So he kind of has me thinking that this is a splash sideways in a world, in a world where, Z- where cloud is not, uh, is not a lot, uh, not there doing the things he did in remake. So the things that cloud was able to do in remake had such a profound impact. And maybe we'll go on to even snowball even further to the point where it's like, if Cloud didn't lose Zack, if Cloud didn't lose Aerith, this is what would happen. Meteor would have hit. And I like to kind of go off of what MJ Gallagher yeah. was saying, like where Meteor actually just freaking strikes the planet. So that's really, dude, there's so much, there's so much to talk about when it comes to the ending of it. Um, and I, I feel like we could go on and on about it, but I do kind of want to, you know, get to some other questions here. Um, and I feel like, yeah, I feel like that is the big 
I, I've, I've been saying that, right? I've been saying that when I did my prediction video on the, the parallels and where, where I think it was going to end. I'm like, this is the the moment that everybody is talking about. So um, somebody in chat was like, why do you think this is the... Um, why why are we so set on this? Why are, why are we so set on what happens? It, it, will she, won't she type thing? It's because I feel like this is the moment that everybody's waiting for. This is the moment that while you're playing Rebirth, this is what's going to be in the back of your mind the entire time. And if you got to that moment, and then you, you got to keep on going after that, and you got to go snowboarding, you got to go do the, the hand of the black materia, I feel like it just, it's just not, it's not the same. Yeah, um, I, I agree. But yeah. also, more importantly, mm-hmm. sort of following on from what you've been talking about, the and and the the environment that Cloud, uh, sorry, that Zach finds himself in. You know, if Cloud doesn't do X, then Y or Z happens. Okay, mm-hmm. but that's kind of the point of Aerith's death. Aerith has to die to summon Holy, mm-hmm. which later gets activated. So the, the entire reason that the planet is able to be saved at the end of Final Fantasy 7 or the original Final Fantasy 7 is because Aerith died and had mm-hmm. to die mm-hmm. yep but it's, it's cause and effect so then you know if, if we introduce this idea in Zack's environment of cause and effect what, what would have happened if Cloud wasn't present here are all the consequences mm-hmm. then it sets up this idea of well, what are the consequences if Aerith mm. does or does not die? Yeah. So I, that's my answer to the question. Hmm. That's yeah. good. That reminds me of a, what is the, um, that's like a famous story that's escaping my brain now. Of, and it explores that, right? Like when, whenever uh, there have been pieces of fiction that explore that element of, you know, uh, overcoming, you know, destiny or fate or changing things, right? Time travel. It's the, it's sort of the consequences that you don't expect the unintended consequences of that. And so Zach's reality... Is that... that Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, So the Zach reality being representative of, you know, showing us, you know, what could be if we got our way. Like, a lot of people want Eric to live. A lot of people want Zach to live. Um, But what are the... What are the knock-on effects? What's the butterfly effect of that? And making us sort of really confront that. Might actually make it easier for us to also live with some of those fates you know you know if we if we realize oh wow maybe maybe it is better if Aerith dies because of yeah x y or z it's going to have to be one of those things i have to see like so i do agree with all of this i feel like this on paper it sounds like okay i i I understand it it's the way they're going to deliver this um is definitely going to be key for sure yeah there's too many questions up front already you Mm -hmm. know in the the first trailer that they showed opened with you know the 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 tornadoes in the singularity, the destruction of Midgar, um, the party being lifted onto helicopters on mm-hmm. Medivac. Fake news. Then, no. I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, so so it kind of, I think I think we can establish from there that now now that we've seen Zach, uh, you know, arguably alive, mm-hmm. and Almira saying you know people are talking about the end of the world. Mm-hmm. If you look back to the first trailer and it's talking about you know parts of Midgar have been destroyed because of unexpected tornadoes. It's probably the situation that those characters or most of the characters are dead in that world. Mm-hmm. And it just it, it makes it easy peasy for the narrative to continue without having to worry about two Barrett's, two Tifas, etc. Mm-hmm. There's true. there's more of a question <laughs> there's more of a question mark over Aerith because she doesn't quite look as if she's deceased. 
Mm. But it could it could just be the, the the camera trickery, and it wouldn't make a lot of sense for her to be deceased because Zach still has to have a motive mm-hmm. um, within that. And the whole reason he's back in Midgard is to find Aerith. So, I I think he will he will continue to look for Aerith in his world. Mm. Um, I'm I actually don't think, or perhaps. Perhaps rebirth will work towards the question about what happens at the Forgotten Capital, and the answer to that question will shape the third instalment. I also think whatever's happening with the sky has a big thing. You know, I, I kind of pointed out on Twitter the other day that you know the, the State of Play trailer opens with Zach and it opens with um, the the image of the the sky with the the question mm-hmm. and the rift in the sky is present in the Crisis Core reunion box art. But we just never really paid attention to it. But it's there. Gotta Google this now. <laughs> As I type this into Google. <laughs> yeah, so, so the, you know the, the, the image of Cloud and Sephiroth and Zack standing together with the blue sky? The, the rift is in the back. It's, it's in the sky. It definitely um, some brighter blue. Yeah, but... the imagery is there. Like so, it, it's it's in the so, shape of the clouds, like making the rift. But okay, but yeah, but if, yes. if you compare if you compare that to the image that actually appears in the trailer, it's it's very very similar. Yes, yes. So, then then we kind of begs the question of was that caused by events in the singularity, which the trailer seems to suggest because there there are you know the 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 tornadoes shooting around and there's that image. I actually didn't see this. It was Sector Six Gaming that, that pointed this out to me. Mm-hmm. There's there's a a bright red spark that comes shooting down the tornado towards Midgar, mm-hmm. um, which is really interesting. But they they don't they don't focus on it. But it is there. It does happen. Um, so the question is: Is the rift in the sky to do with what happened in the singularity, or does it play into this idea of one world survive, one doesn't, and in the world that doesn't survive? You know, we would expect it's meteor that causes it, and the impact of meteor is that what's created the rift or the tear in the sort of uh-huh. space time continuum sort of thing. So there's actually, I think the rift in the sky has a lot to do with part three, and I'm really curious to sure. know where to go with it. Yeah, yeah, I think you're, I think you're absolutely right. Where the the rift in the sky is going to be kind of an overarching uh, uh, mystery, um, not going to be solved in rebirth but kind of like set up especially in the zach centric yeah. mission uh to kind of go off of that in my breakdown video i had written down that i thought uh that rift in the sky looked very similar to the at the edge of creation where you see the world that's being uh it was the world that was dying uh was the was the beautiful yellowish one and then the mm-hmm. one that was being born was red um so it kind of had me thinking i was like well there's two different ways this could go it's either zach is living in the world that is dying and looking at the sky and able to see that like galactic rift because the the world that is dying is now like this yellow um or he's in the the world being born and he's looking out and seeing another galaxy or another universe about to merge is what Mm -hmm. they, they talk about that a lot um there we go. Uh, so, so yeah, they they kind of talk about worlds merging. So either he's witnessing the merging of the uh, worlds, or he's looking up and seeing that his universe is yeah. dying. Um, real quick, what, what what's it? Who's a backstory that you guys would like to see the most? This is coming from. I'll find out who it's from, but that was one of the questions. Um, 
in Final Fantasy VII Rebirth, whose backstory are you looking forward to seeing uh, fleshed out even more? I've I have a very easy answer to that one because it's it's something I've wanted to know a lot more about since I was a kid, and it's Bugenhagen. Nice, nice. I would love to see. That. I I really feel like Bugenhagen is going to be the um like he's going to have so many answers for us but he's also going to raise a whole lot more questions yeah, that we have yeah, um, so I feel like he's even probably like, I feel like he's even going to talk about whispers like I feel like he's going to just solve that and just be like listen this yeah. is what it was um, I think that sequence where you see the weapon wake up and, and, and Tifa swim I think that's actually in the Cosmo Canyon of I, I, I agree I yeah. 100% agree yeah. awesome awesome because it looks like I mean Tifa's not, not She's not, she's talking and she wouldn't be swimming and talking at the same time. So yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it's, it actually it seems to be the like the really oh god, how would you even say it? Like a a, a CGI cutscene. It's not mm-hmm. it's not a sort of end game one as well, which yeah. which sort of feeds into that idea. Um, Very much like the I, Cos, uh, Cosmos Theater in, in yeah. uh, the first game or remake. I to- totally agree about explaining what the whispers are simply because. Um, that actually happens in the original game when you you visit Cosmo Canyon uh, for the first time and, and uh, Bugenhagen's talking about the cries of the planet mm. and then you hear that sort of weird sound. Like That's right. Late, later on, that's that's what they're established to be. So, you know, it, it makes perfect sense that mm-hmm. he already knows what, what the whispers are. Um, you know, there's obviously the question mark about, I think it was Nomura, his, his sort of... Hinted that we haven't seen the last of the whispers, which is even more interesting. Um, you know, I I don't know how a lot of people will feel about that. Yeah. Uh, I I personally don't I don't have too much of an issue because the, the entire point is, um, you know, you can't you can't change fate. You know, the the the, the whispers were the fate police, but <laughs> fate itself is mm-hmm. still in play. So. Uh, yeah, it's, it's quite a lot actually going on there. Yeah, and then uh, another thing to point out is that that weapon that swims away was it, it, now it was confirmed. So I'm glad I didn't make this freaking breakdown video. But like, I was like, that's not a weapon that we've seen before. Like, that's not that was an emerald. That wasn't uh, any any weapon that looked yeah. similar. So they, it has been confirmed that this is a new weapon. Uh, you know, the, yeah. the head of it kind of looked a little bit like uh, Bahamut Sin. Yeah. The, yeah, yeah, like from uh, like, I'm, Advent Children. I'm, I'm not, I'm not suggesting. Yeah, from yeah. Advent Children. I'm not, I'm not suggesting yeah. that is Bahamut's in, but yeah, that's that's the kind of vibe I was getting. Yeah, from so the, the head part of it. Who that? You know what I mean? Like that was one of the things where I was like, "What's this? Uh, what was this weapon all about?" Uh, my my conclusion was was I was like, "Well, maybe this is just kind of Bugenhagen's depiction of like, hey, we've never seen a weapon before, but this is what we think they look like." Uh, <laughs> but uh, I don't know. I think. I think they kind of, in the interview, they kind of set it up to feel like they're like, hey, keep an eye out for this one. We don't know who that, you know, what kind of weapon that is. Yeah. Uh, do you think we will, well, uh, I already answered a question from Joel Vincent, but I'm going to go ahead and and just answer it quickly. Uh, do we think we're going to experience the Icicle Inn uh, during Rebirth, or will that be our calm part? Of, yeah, yeah, I think that's going to be the opening level of Part 3. That's, uh, I think that's a... Yeah, it's yeah. Part, it's also um, I don't I don't have the exact translations in front of me. It's all the, the Hamaguchi um, and Nomura have spoken about the game's going to end or it's going to be up to Forgotten Capital, but it's mm. also possible that 
some of the locations could be visited in advance. You know, it could it could actually be the case that the Forgotten Capital comes after particular events because we you know they've been very 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 clear that some events are going to be out of sequence. That's right. So we don't know whether or not that's specifically to do with Wutai or you know if there's if there's other parts that that are going to be involved. But there is all I I don't know exactly how they would fit in narratively. You know, it might it might be the situation that you would do Northern Crater and then come back to you know once everything goes wrong and then go to the forgotten forgotten capital. I don't really see that happening, but um, I I think I think there's the potential that you might actually get to visit Icicleen mm-hmm. um, before the forgotten forgotten capital, but but not. Because you can go snowboarding and all that jazz after Rita's death. I, th- I think it, it will be because they've changed the order of the narration. That was something that Max dude talked about when he covered that uh, that Namor quote, where he mentioned you know that it was ending at Forgotten Capital. Is that specifically in that quote when he says that it's ending at Forgotten Capital? Three times in that quote, he mentions that they'll be out of sequence. Events won't be exactly the same. Right. Within okay. that same paragraph response, he. He made that point three times. Uh, okay. so seems... okay, I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad yeah. it doesn't seem mental by saying that. Then. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> he was he was saying a similar thing of like it may you know we may we, if we get snow in an upcoming trailer for example uh, that'll be confirmation enough that we're that forgotten capital has been moved a little yeah. bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so to answer the um, backstory thing to the. Um, the one thing, the, the person that came up for me, I mean, I want to see, obviously, Barrett and, and whatnot, uh, but in terms of most, I would say Vincent, uh, because I've uh, I, I, I have mentioned a lot of times that Vincent isn't my favorite character, uh, mostly because his characterization is fairly limited, uh, which makes sense. He was an optional character, um, so he wasn't as fully fleshed out. There's a lot of scenes where you don't really see he doesn't really have much to say, and he's also kind of a quiet character. And yeah. I don't know, I've just always seen so much potential in him as a character. And I do think the Lucrezia backstory on paper is interesting. I think his backstory as a former Turk is interesting on, on paper, but they never really quite nailed it for me between the original game and, and Dirge. And, you know, I want to see this character uh, through this whole new lens. Um, and, you know, I remember on the way to a smile. There was a section of the Red 13 chapter where there's an interaction between Vincent and, and Red. And you get way more of a sense of Vincent's personality mm-hmm. uh, within like a single page than you got from anything else in the compilation. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm really excited to see how they, if they can do that, quote unquote, properly. Like maybe the way they've did, they've done it is how they wanted to do it. But like, mm-hmm. it's always left me wanting. So I'm, I'm hoping that the version of Vincent that we get in the next two games is going to be uh the version I've kind of always wanted yeah. beyond just a cool I, design. I I think that's that's a great a great answer. I will, one of the things that has never really been explored within the compilation that I think would be a really good way to um they they didn't I suppose they didn't really have to do it in Dirge of Cerberus because of how Dirge of Cerberus ends with Chaos actually being removed from his body. Um but Vincent is the only one in the party that is immortal. Mm-hmm. And that must be a hugely isolating thing. Yeah. Um, and I would, I think they should explore that part of his having having to deal with everyone you know and love will one day die except you. That kind that of that must be a, a really horrifying thing to deal with. 
Yeah, I, I think that's a great thing to add to the personality and then kind of go off of what Subtext said uh, about On the Way to Smile. If I remember correctly from that, it's been a while since I read the book. Um, don't like they bond over that. Uh, Vincent and Red 13 kind of bond over that simple like I, I, read yeah, thousands think, of years or hundreds of years. I think they agree that they're going to meet up once a year. Or yeah, something like yeah. that. So like to um, see like a chemistry between those two, like out on the field, that would be really cool. Yeah, uh, like like in the in on the way to a smile, Red Red's whole chapter is basically him. Toward toward the end of his chapter, he sort of has an epiphany about what is really driving. He's basically having panic attacks mm-hmm. throughout the, his chapter, uh, and it, it's based around him kind of coming to this realization that he's going to outlive all of his friends. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know how is how does he sort of cope with that? Um, and sort of, and at the end of it, Vincent and him have a conversation about that because Vincent is immortal. Um, and so it's it's interesting, yeah, to see those two characters uh, and how they sort of, uh, you know, the meeting of the minds over their unique existences uh, will be will be interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, that was a real quick. I found the question, so shout out to Helen from HR. <laughs> that was uh, the the backstory question was from Helen. Um, yeah so oh uh also tyler hepner says subtext love your videos gotta say so there you go Thank you. shout out to you as well um mm-hmm. do you guys have any more questions in chat you know uh anybody in chat got anything that you'd like us to talk about because we're going to kind of wind it down here and close it out so uh just uh fire away if you have anything you'd like us to kind of discuss hey, this one's coming from uh oh, man i'm so sorry bad with names paola rojas rojas paola rojas uh what characters from the compilation do you think will be in rebirth what are some characters they haven't shown yet that are from the compilation mm. that you think will be in this i mm. mean i got uh, i got uh, veld from uh, I think there's going to be some or Verdo, whichever way you look at. Um, I think I think uh, there's going to be a reference or some maybe some like some juicy little Easter egg for those who know. Maybe not like really yeah. important and calm. Like I think we'll find find something in calm because that's the town was obliterated and then rebuilt. Um, so I think maybe we'll get something like that. I think uh, oh gosh, the name is slipping my mind right now from. Kids are all right. The main character, Evan. Evan, I think Evan might be something uh, somewhere around there. Um, there's oh, and um, then and then the, all of the uh, Turks. I think that's another thing. All of the Turks that were in uh, ever um, before Crisis. I think we're gonna kind of run into some of those Turks. Yeah, I think I think some of them. Cisney, I fully expect will be in there, mm-hmm. um, even if it's just in the the Zach timeline. Uh, I I would love to see Verdo or Elf in there. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that the the lore about um, Shalua and having some prosthetics being added to her body um, in in before Crisis, um, she's actually the injury that she sustains that that causes her to to require treatment uh, happens in Coral, oh. if I'm not mistaken. So we could actually see. You know, if there's if there's um, Doctor Sheeran, yeah, um, is, is working in Corel, uh, we might actually see a bit of Shalua in there. Um, I I don't think we'll see Evan, and the reason I don't think we'll see Evan is that the kids are all right. It's fairly consistent with the timeline, unless we see him in Zach's story arc. Mm. 
um, the the timeline is presented fairly fairly well. He doesn't actually leave Midgar um, or Edge mm. for for a long time. Gotcha. And I mean, obviously, the party's is long gone by then. Mm-hmm. Um, but who else? Fair. I mean, we we could probably see, especially because it was mentioned in the first game, and it may, it may it could be in Zach's world since he's in Midgar. Uh, and it's more related to his story. I wonder if, like, Kunzel, uh, if there's a little cameo from him. He was mentioned in the first game, uh, but I could see him sort of actually popping up. Uh, I know some people in chat were wondering if Genesis will be in it. Yeah. Uh, I, I have I, no idea. I think there's I a good chance. So. I don't know. I, I, would argue, I would argue there's a very good chance of Genesis in because Zach has woken up and uh, and has now gone back to Midgar. And obviously the, the ending of Dodge of... Uh, the ending of Crisis Core is about facing Nero, picking up Genesis and taking him back. Yeah. Um, in particular, uh, the the ending or the secret ending of Dodge of Cerberus. There's much work to um, do. Exactly, but if you actually look at uh, the the start of that video, it, it starts with a, a shot of the sky above Midgar, so you can tell from the direction that the Mako Cannon is pointing in that he is somewhere below Sector 7, mm. which then uh, it kind of ties in with, first of all, the, the deep ground facility that was in Remake, and mm. second of all, if, if Zack is now back in Midgar alive months after what happened in Benora, there's yeah. a very, very, very good chance that Genesis is going to show up ah. in Zack's story. So story Genesis could be part of Zack's uh, kind of storyline going on. That if I, if I had to put money on it, that's yeah. that's what I would do. I mean, what a that's a good anchor. Like it's a good anchor to like for a, a character to join Zach would be Genesis. Uh, and then of course uh, we kind of got a tease of Angel's white feather. Um, yeah. So if we get the you get the band back together, basically Angel, Zach, and Genesis. So yeah, I, I mean, Angel has you know definitely been dead for for a, right a few years by that point, but. It's not impossible that we we wouldn't get flashbacks that we wouldn't, you know, yeah. uh, see anything like that. I think um, another clone. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, uh, who who was I going to say? Oh, <laughs> he's got he's got one of those mental headaches. <laughs> he's got. Uh, <laughs> if I could have had some cool special effects there, that would have been great. Like a little cloud headache. <laughs> I do think this first soldier stuff is going to yeah. be important. Oh, yeah. uh, I know people wonder if Glenn is the, the hooded guy. He might be. I don't know. He, sort of the, the facial hair is kind of similar. Oh, no, he doesn't have facial hair. I don't His know. His mouth is also it could very be, Yeah, he does, yeah. It, it does in, in both. Uh, at, at the end, or at the opening to the first soldier, uh, he actually has a wee goatee when he sees Sephiroth. That's right, bear that's it, right. In the, bear in mind, this is, this, is, yeah. this is before the end of the Wutai Wars. There's actually seven years between the showdown with Sephiroth and what's going on in Rebirth. So it's very possible that that is actually Glenn. The other one is uh, Zangan. I think there's so oh, much... Oh, for of, sure, man. Yes, yes. So yes. much of Zangan and Traces of Two Past that it's very likely mm-hmm. we're going to see Zangan at some point, particularly in the Junon. Yeah, section. so like to go um, back on Helen from PR uh, or HR. Helen, Helen from HR said, uh, "What's a character?" I, I, I know this is kind of uh, weird because Tifa did get some backstory in the original game, 
But I mean, I feel like with Zengen, you got that story to go on. What you know, what was Tifa up to during the Nibelheim incident? That would be really cool to kind of explore to get like. I think that would be such a cool idea to get like the tensions that are building up while Sephiroth's in the mansion. And if you can explore yeah. that from Tifa's point of view, it might be pretty interesting. Um, but yeah, Zangen is a great. That's a great uh, character that could uh, definitely get more backstory or more of a story at all. But mm. um, and then like I, I think there's like rumors that Zangen also trained uh, uh, Rude, right? Um, that that also, was a, that's a theory I, I've read, but. It's never explicitly stated, but it's very possible. <laughs> uh, gosh, I'm sorry. I I wish I could pronounce this guy's name right, this person's name right, because they've been such a great fan. Uh, a lot in the comments, but Giannis Ake says, "F the planet, save Aerith. <laughs> Just screw the planet, man. Just save Aerith. Who cares what happens to the planet?" Um, but uh, yeah, so kind of scrolling through real quick. Uh, <laughs> Um, watching, we gotta re, go back, Kate. Stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I love how you brought up the Lost reference too, because it's like <laughs> the past two Final Fantasies have ironically been compared to two series that have had notoriously contentious endings. Ah, no. Like sixteen was compared a lot to Game of Thrones, and we all know that, that any of that, and then Lost as well. Like everyone has their feelings about the Lost ending, also. <laughs> yep, yep, that's yeah. true. Well, <laughs> there were some one... things. Yeah, one one thing I want to, I really hope this is total set or tangent on. I really hope they expand on the lore of the the summons. Um, they oh, obviously yeah, yeah. they they scratch the surface on that and remake. And I really, really, really hope they do a lot of justice with it. And I hope in particular, assuming it is Gilgamesh, I hope that they give a proper fleshed out story to Gilgamesh. Um, mm-hmm, that right. that would be incredible. Uh, they mentioned quick. they mentioned in one of the interviews that uh, there was at least going to be one summon like side like that you can only get through side questing, and I hope that there's going to be even more. Like I hope yeah. that each of the summons or a lot of the summons will have their side of own their own quest lines because I think ah, that's just such a cool cool way to, yeah. to discover the summons. Yeah. Oh, uh, uh, shout out to Noisy One again. Uh, Noisy One messaged me and was like, "Dude, it makes so much sense to bring Gilgamesh into Final Fantasy VII because it was like on the Wikipedia page. It was like Final Fantasy One, Two, Three, Four, Five, Six, Eight, Nine. You know, it's just kind of like there's the seven missing. And I I woke up and I read that and I was like Gilgamesh. And I was like, dude, he's got the steel. It's Gilgamesh. Um, but I was like, but uh, yeah, shout out to him because Gilgamesh makes a whole lot of sense, especially since we're in uh, kind of dealing with two." dimensions yeah. well, sort of that's what the rift in the sky is yeah yeah it's all about him he's, uh, he's, he's broken through the interdimensional rift that's right yeah so he's like oh did somebody say dimensions <laughs> i'm here you know what i mean yeah it does make so much sense obviously the theory behind them is that the the gilgamesh that appears in all the universes is actually the same gilgamesh yeah he just travels through the so i i love that theory mm-hmm. but obviously it doesn't it doesn't appear in og7 or any of the other that's right um Compilation stuff. Any of the other compilation titles, mm-hmm. but randomly had the the skin, the Gilgamesh skin up here, and the first soldier. Mm, so that's true. You know, they just that mm. came out of nowhere, but it came out of nowhere in at the same time or round about the same time as the Minerva outfit. Mm-hmm. Oh, mm-hmm. so we might we might very well be talking about you know this sort of mysterious entity not not necessarily at the same sort of power level as minerva who's another character that hopefully will show up i think it will um, yeah, i think she will 
but I I really I really hope they sort of play into this idea that there's two worlds or in Final Fantasy seven remake and, and rebirth and that you know that itself might be separate to, to the OG and, and all this jazz. So it makes perfect sense to have Gilgamesh thrown in with that specific idea of, you know, multiverse or, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I love I love you know, if if we are correct that it goes down, you know, the 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 Butai route or it goes down the Rador route or, or whatever. I I love this idea. Yeah. Um, and real quick, shout out from uh, MC Blackheart who says, been reading the uh, Greek mythology book from MJ Gallagher and loving it so far. Uh, Thank you so much. There it is. You Just can again. get it on Amazon.com uh, right now. You can, <laughs> you can buy it. Uh, you can de- de- definitely go check it out. I have my copy sitting up here uh, right there. Um, I'm loving it so far as well. It is uh, great. You can also get the Norse myths that inspired Final Fantasy VII. Um, I, I appreciate that, guys. Thank, thank you so much. Absolutely, man. Um, yeah. I have a, uh, I have, I have a few like lightning rounds. Oh, I love lightning rounds from the oh, TGS. If you're interested, let's Absolute. go lightning uh, round, baby. Let's do it. This is a yeah, great way to yeah. kind of close things out. Love the lightning round. So why we do lightning um, round, everybody? Just kind of like fire off if you have any more topics for us. But we're gonna do a lightning round. I love it. Let's go. So one. Uh, we're really loved in the English version of the TGS footage that you could clearly hear the Chocobo song while you're hunting them. Yeah. Like there was like the, this unique remix of the Chocobo kind of thing while you were hunting them. It was so cool. Uh, a question though, it's a lightning question, Mog House. So we saw the mini game of it in the little extra footage that they gave us, but it's also in the world. Yeah. So I'm curious what you guys think. They're going to do with the real world version of Mog House. And will we help him get laid? Because, cool. look, the minigame was cool. The minigame yeah. was cool, you know, watching the, but the true essence of true Mog essence. House, we got to help Mog get his family. I mean, yeah. come on. That's true. Yeah, screw, maybe, screw maybe everything every else that this world has to offer time, me. Uh, I'm going there. I got to help my I gotta help boy out. Laid, you get a different sort of uh, fat moogle for Kate Seth. Um, <laughs> the, <laughs> I, I I love that idea. I think I think it's going to be one of these situations that there will be quite a number of mog houses around, you know, and that will mm-hmm. be tied into its own side quest, and there will be a little story, just just some fun daft stuff. We might we might even get to the point where the the rewards for it is the the choco mog uh, material, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. um, or or something. But the I think the if you pre-order. Rebirth, and there's the three Moogles. Yep, that's right. Um, so it's kind of, I don't know if it's supposed to be like the Three Stooges or something. Mm-hmm. I actually thought it was a Mage's Sisters reference ah. originally, but uh, it doesn't it doesn't actually appear to the be. The Moogle Sisters. The Moogle, the Moogle Sisters, yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I, I love that idea. I love that they're, they're going straight back to just the sort of fun silliness of Seven, rather yeah. than keeping it as dark as, as it was in remake um it's just it's so much fun it's, it's what we remember and I, I think because you know certainly post advent children we're so used to the story being quite heavy at times you know obviously it's kind of interspersed particularly in crisis core it's interspersed with some funny randomness mm-hmm. but for the most part it's actually quite a dark story mm-hmm. Whereas this is going back to its roots of yeah, actually there's there's quite a lot of fun in here as as well. 
That was um, the uh, I love, mindset. I love that side of things. Yeah. Yeah, that was the mindset of I think Nomura said it, where he was just kind of like, yeah, put him on a chocobo. Put Red 13 on chocobo. That's fun. Yeah. That's what Final Fantasy VII is all about. <laughs> put him on a chocobo. Um, all right, more rapid fire. Uh, yeah, uh, another one that I, that I noticed was that in uh, when Chadley is showing you the different materia that he can give you, one of them is called an auto unique ability materia. And it kind of made me think of maybe it being almost like the auto combo thing in 16. Like, I wonder if they're going to have materia that work almost like the rings. Um, mm -hmm. Possibly. I mean, I didn't use the rings in 16, but like when I read auto unique ability, mm -hmm. I, I, I didn't know any other way to really figure out what that would mean aside from maybe doing more complex things very quickly, um, especially like synergy stuff or, you know, the, uh, all those moves. Um, well, one, there, one of the things uh, about I, synergy, it's, it seems really interesting that if I'm, unless I'm mistaken, I think synergy is based on who your party leader is, i.e. who you happen to be controlling at the time. So there's the you know Cloud and Tifa for example will have two synergy moves one mm -hmm. one if you're controlling Cloud and you do it and one if you're controlling Tifa and you activate it so maybe maybe that's where the the unique ability thing comes in as well yeah I like that yeah and and having to swap the I, I was thinking about this when I was watching the footage of like man it's gonna be so hard for me to pick a party I'm gonna probably keep flipping between yeah. different you know, combinations uh, as you're running through. That's but it, it does make sense that there's situational runs, right? Like, you see flying enemies, you're at red, yeah. get out of there. Get out of there, yeah. red. I love that, man. There's always, like, the situational um, strategic thinking. Like, I, I just, I think that's awesome. That's what something that Final Fantasy VII Remake did on hard mode, and I I, uh, I love to see it. Yeah. On the first quest marker that you pick up, uh, that's sort of the the uh optional one um where you get there and there's like the alpha dunks and the yeah. thing is like explaining it to you the assistant um i thought you would really appreciate this daniel in terms of uh i timed it i timed how long it took to get there and to get Ooh. a sense of the distance and the uh so it was um about 800 meters okay. to get to the destination mm -hmm. and running there stopping actually at one point because of the chocobo it sends something so they did the oh, scour right. thing mm -hmm. um so all of that despite all of that and despite stopping for a second to look at the mog house it only took one minute and 45 seconds okay to sort yeah. of clear that distance yeah so one minute 45 seconds uh because i do like that subtext i do like that uh <laughs> so it's one minute about one minute and 30 seconds without the stopping um to get 800 meters right this is where I was kind of like, um, I know Hamaguchi was like, yeah, yeah, we recre recreated things one-to-one -one ratio. I'm like, nah, you, you kind of didn't, though. You didn't, you kind of didn't, though. Because uh, when you leave Juna, or uh, when you leave Midgar, there is a sign that says it's 50 miles to calm. So, and then when Barrett's walking, he was like, yeah, go take a whole day to get there. You know, like, it's going to take him a whole day to get over to calm. Whereas in the real world, it's in this world in the game, you're not actually going to be walking a whole day. It's only going to take you about a minute. Um, so I yeah, think, but what yeah. what you have to remember is that when they're in the grasslands, they're now all giant. Yeah, yeah, uh, that is true. <laughs> obviously, that's what happens in the I... original game. We have we have to assume that they're all now giant people. <laughs> Faithfully recreated that. You're as big as calm. Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. Uh, but yeah, no, that's that's some really really interesting stuff that I will definitely be diving into uh, with the with the new video. So uh, awesome. Awesome. There were there were a couple other things on when it comes when it came to the map that I thought would be interesting. You oh, can dive into it. You could you could save it for your own video, but I was 
I wanted to flag it because I found it interesting. Okay, yeah. Um, so when you load up the world map, it lists sort of a Spider-Man 2018-like checklist of things, like completions of the territory. Mm-hmm. Uh, and a couple of things that were listed within that were Life Springs and Summon Crystals. Mm-hmm. So there are two things called like Life Springs and Summon Crystals, and I'm very curious what those will be like. That is very uh, very interesting. I wonder if, I mean, Life Springs are kind of just, here's a cool place that you can go to to recover all of your MP and HP. Um, or if there's something more to those. Uh, the the Summon Crystals, that would be very cool if, like, Gilgamesh was a Summon Crystal. You had to go there, fight Gilgamesh to, a, like, you know, Final Fantasy VIII style. You have to fight... Well, Remake did it too, right? You have to fight the Summon to get it. Um, yeah, I... I think, I actually think in this instance, now that Chadley's back, given that Chadley created the summon material, what you'll probably find with the summon crystals is that you have to collect pieces to take to Chadley. Mm, that's, that's um, I think as well the, the life the life springs. Um, I, could, I could be completely shooting in the dark here, but part of the, part of the thing when they leave calm and you know the uh the the footage of them sort of coming out the the tunnel and Aerith's talking about you know look how well the, what the planet's doing it's a thriving planet and red 13 says no actually it's it's on its last legs mm-hmm. it might actually be one of these things because we know that mako springs exist and have done and they, they talk about it from sort of you know the original game onwards with the, the mako crystal and then go into it a little bit more in crisis core um Perhaps this is an area that you take Aerith to, and the whole idea is to actually better distribute, because the Mako reactors are obviously sucking up the Mako, yeah. so this might be an idea of you're going there to redistribute some of the energy and help the planet a little bit. Okay. You know, just the sort of envi- environmental element um, as you go. Cool. That would be my guess as to what these things are, but I could be making that all up. I, I like I like where I, you're going I'm a storyteller. Uh, yeah, I'm a story. I do, I do create this stuff. So. I like that. Um, now, uh, to kind of go back to the summon crystals real quick, I do want to point out uh, uh, Listopat. Listopat writes in, um, I'm pretty sure they said that there was going to be a system for upgrading summons uh, this time around, and that uh, is true. I do remember that in the interview as well. Now, here's my thought process on that, this. That's definitely what I said. Anyway, yeah, yeah, 100%. Yeah. I mean, you know yeah, come on, man. Stop repeating what most... <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, that would be cool. I would also really like to see, say... I know this, I don't know. This is me making up a story as well. But, like, it would be cool if uh, these summon crystals were the actual summon. Like, the... Because, like, these are fabricated in Shinra... Uh, like they they recreated Leviathan. That's not that's that's supposed to be in Wu Tai. That's not yeah yeah, you, know, yeah. yeah. You, you you've you've disgraced Leviathan for the Wu Tai. Like you know you can't just make it. Um, so what that would be really cool if you get the true Leviathan or something like that. Um, all right, more rapid yeah. fire. Well, yeah. So uh, assuming yeah, we assume that it's not uh, it's not going to be like a full summon that you just discovered. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like Ifrit's leg. You know, yeah, yeah, you gotta, like, you, gotta um, you gotta put them back together. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I don't I don't have too many left, but but awesome. to quickly uh, uh, a couple of them. One I did like that it seemed there. So there was a button prompt when you got near the cliffside, uh, the first cliffside that's really long, and I thought there was going to be an invisible wall, and it seemed like it because Cloud walks up to it and then doesn't 
jumped out and he sort of runs into it. And then seeing the English version, it did say that the circle button uh, was, was listed in the bottom right and it's a terrain action. So it seems like if you want to jump down ledges and go do that, like that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. it actually does require an input, which I think is really great because mm-hmm. it would be annoying if you were running against the cliffside and randomly fell down yeah. uh, without sort of any way to sort of control it a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a very minor one. Uh, I also noticed that when you, when they were doing the chocobo hunting and he was doing his stealth action, when he passed the first chocobo, mm-hmm. it updated with a little icon in the top right that said mini game checkpoint updated. So it seems that if you were to fail at some point during some of these mini games, the mini games are actually checkpointed. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, okay. So uh, I, I don't know. I don't know how much I would want that personally. I yeah, kind of like yeah. failing at things and having to redo them, but. Is that the... uh, the stealth mission you're talking about? The... Yeah, that was in the stealth, yeah. Okay. The Chocobo stealth thing. Okay. Um, and then we have four final ones that are all related to Chadley. Okay. Uh, the first one, uh, when he gives you the little thing to put into the tower, uh, the, the piece of equipment, it said, obtained the Chad module. <laughs> and I thought it was really funny that it was called the Chad The Chad module. module. That's nice. great. Nice. Um, the uh, I thought the music Chad as you were towers. running toward as you were running toward the Chad Tower, the music um, was very Zelda-like. So I know it's like very much a reference. The towers seem like towers, a little yeah. Breath of the Wildy or Horizony or Ubisoft. Yeah, but they uh, didn't, he didn't actually climb them. That was one of the things. I was yeah, like, I yeah. saw you. I I thought the same thing when I saw yeah. it. Actually, it I thought you'd be able because there's, like there's ladders. Climb. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But no, yeah. Apparently, even I did like the idea, and I thought the same thing when I was watching your vod of like, um, I hope they make it challenging in some way, right? Yeah. Like, if it's not climbing, which could be clunky, mm. they're not like. It's not really what these developers are great at, yeah. um, but like if there is like a, you know like a special mini boss or something that you have to get through to get to the tower, that could be cool. Mm-hmm. Um, like that. The there is a piece of dialogue that an English re- didn't hear for the past couple of days until finally seeing this English footage, where when Charlie scans Cloud, it says detecting internal dialogue. <laughs> the hell's this weirdo doing here? Like it was. <laughs> It was sensing that that's what Cloud was thinking, which is really funny. Um, what? Yeah. That's amazing. <laughs> but, but there's actually some potential relevance to him being able to scan Cloud because there was kind of an interesting piece of lore within what Chadley said to Cloud because he said it implied that there was a reason that he could read Cloud's thoughts um, because he was like, you were uh, like, I was made by Hojo after all. You know, Chadley says that about himself. Um, sort of implying, like establishing that link between between them as as Hojo experiments. Cloud is a Hojo experiment. Chadley is a Hojo experiment. Maybe that's why Chadley can read his thoughts. Hmm. Um, and then he makes a joke after it of like, well, any cyborg can read your thoughts because you're, you know, kind of this himbo. I, I wonder. I wonder if <laughs> cool. you know. And this is this is just wild speculation. But I wonder if it's actually to do with uh, Genova. I wonder if he's the, there's actually they've detected a way that uh, individuals with Genova cells uh, emit radio waves or whatever something to that effect mm-hmm. or ra- radioactivity, which he's actually able to to then see uh, or interpret on his device. That that would be a good way of explaining it. Yeah. You know, rather rather than using you know psycho or te- telepathy, actually being able to explain it through Genova, but. 
I, I just I didn't I didn't spot that. That's that's pretty cool. Yeah, that is really cool. I actually went back and watched it. Uh, it's in the um, gosh, who's this? Yeah, somebody uh, Quest Terminator Quest Terminator posted it. Uh, it, it was uh, just like a thirty minutes um, English version of it. Chadley says, detecting internal monologue. The hell's this weirdo doing here? <laughs> that is great. I love it. Um, yeah, all got right. the, they got the dialogue. So I went, do you know what? Do you know what? This this is going to sound crazy, but I wonder if they got that idea of the internal monologue from the fact that the telecommunication tower actually resembles Final Fantasy VIII and the... You know when they have to open up the satellite at Dolet or Dolet, however you pronounce that? Mm-hmm. Um and I, I because it's Nojima, Namura and Kitase, uh, <laughs> all all created that as well. I, I wonder if the internal monologue is a reference to Squall, just just to kind of throw in that joke with the telecommunications yeah. there. That would have been cool. Internal monologue, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's cool, man. Um, yeah, I think you're so Delta Sin says I think you're on something with. Uh, I think it's Genova cells. Um, all right, you guys, you got any more for us? Uh, subtext. That's it. That's that's man. That that's, was those are the quick hits. This has been an absolute blast to because, like, man, I've been it's been bottled up for this whole week. I've been so excited to talk about it. Um, so this is it. Like, is there anything else that you guys wanted to mention before we close out? I I, I very quickly just because it's it's my thing. Yeah, uh, I always talk about it. The the mythology side of things. Yeah. Um, and I'm so. Uh, first of all, a mega shout out to Schrodinger's Baby Seal for uh, surprising me and throwing out the and his review um, of, yeah. of the demo. Mm-hmm. Um, he he actually includes uh, a little photograph of me in my Norse Myths book mm-hmm. um, because he goes into uh, the the fact that Cloud is in Nibelheim, which is named after one of the Norse worlds. But the armlet that Cloud is wearing at the time is the Yggdrasil armlet. Yggdrasil is the world tree, and the actual um, the description of um, the 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 description of the armlet itself kind of talks about it being the world tree, which I found really interesting, given that we're, we're kind of starting to introduce this multiple world idea. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, there's there's. I thought that was really cool, and there's there's little bits and pieces um, that I'm starting to see even even now. Um, one one of one of my favourite things actually that um, they've kind of confirmed in the English uh, the English footage is that Chocobo Billy's sister is called Chloe. Mm-hmm. So in uh, in the original Japanese, she's she's not actually called uh, something remotely like that. It's Kirin, um, but in in the English version, it was Chol or Col, C H O L E, which was just a mistranslation. Um, whereas uh, they've, they've kind of re-established that it should be Chloe, um, which is really cool because Chloe is from like a second-century Latin novel um, about two orphaned kids who end up being shepherds and take um, take information about growing up from being or from a kind of wise old cow herder. But, you know, other than sort of being at the Chocobo Ranch in the original game, like later on, if, if you remember, she starts taking notes about Chocobos from the Chocobo Sage. So there's there's, there's actually this little kind of old literature tie in there, which uh, I'm, I'm really excited 
to for me personally to start going back through uh to rebirth and just kind of picking out all these new details because i think you know from from remake there was quite a lot of mythology stuff in there which obviously shows up in my norse myths book um like gurtadamarung and things like that um but i'm really 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 excited on a personal level to to kind of get stuck in and i think off the bat the fact that they've put the idrisil armlet in the demo suggests that there's going to be quite a lot in there for me to to digest so please be excited please be excited yeah (laughs) um so as you guys can see i put up the two books right there please uh go check this out you can go um on amazon.com and just type in norse myths that inspired final fantasy 7 for more on the yggdrasil and all the other awesome norse mythology references because there's a lot there's a lot um that are a lot more than you expect yeah 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 and then you would think like oh man there's more norse than than greek but man this book is almost double the size uh greek myths that inspired final fantasy 7 that's the most recent one um i would really really love it if you guys um either go to amazon and buy these books because I know that everybody watching right now are big fans of Final Fantasy VII. Um, and I know that you guys, I, I see all your theories. Um, I would love it if you guys go b- purchase these books. Because they do, in fact, as you could hear with MJ Gallagher's explanation of those things. They will help you better theorize. And they will also give you a better appreciation of the games. Um, they, they will. And yeah. I think there's, there's so much that... You know, for me personally, despite me having a passion for these things, there's so much that I found reading into this stuff that I wasn't expecting. So being able to to express that and share that with the community is, is a real a real privilege. Um, you know, and, and even if you're not in a position to pick one up, even even just tell a friend. Yes. You no, know, uh, it would. I I think, uh, uh, you know, I'm fairly confident there's for every single person, no matter how much they think they know the compilation something in these books will surprise you yeah I mean, um, and the books do a great job of kind of recapping uh what you would need to know uh, about the compilation before explaining yeah. certain mythology stuff uh so man i i wish i would have had these images on the screen earlier god uh but no I, I'm, I'm so grateful that you've put them on yeah. I, I wouldn't even have thought to do that That's, so i'm, so, I'm yeah. rubbish at marketing more and stuff so, <laughs> <laughs> hey, i just i'm just really a big fan of them man and this is it, it wasn't even the intention to bring them on there to to try to get you guys to buy these books uh it, i really really want you guys to go check them out um and if anything follow mj gallagher on at ffvii novels um, at FF7 Novels. Um, that's yeah, VII. Def- definitely not, definitely not FF7 Novels. That's somebody totally different. What's uh, up? Do like FF, like the number seven? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's somebody totally uh, different who's definitely not somebody you should... <laughs> yeah, that one's totally different. But no, dude, definitely check out at FFVII novels. And it would mean a great deal to me if you go ahead and, and follow there and then just say, hey, discovered you through FFTV. Um, and subtext, please go check out subtext uh, at, at subtext. Uh, let me put that overlay over top of things. You know, that's how overlays work. Uh, so at S-U-B-T-X-T. Um, so anything you want to say there, subtext, but what, what, what can people look forward to uh, from you? Yeah, you know, I have a video that uh, that I'm working on. I'm I'm rescripting now because I'm sure everyone who's who's 
making content about FF7 has felt it this week in terms of, uh, oh, there's new stuff now. Oh, there's new stuff now. And you kind of need to re rejigger, you know, what you're, what you have in your head. Yeah. Um, but uh, you know, a lot of it's, a lot of it's still fairly consistent. Um, you know, my intro is really going to be a little bit of a reflection and, you know, I've made a lot of theories, uh, over the past year or so, um, you know, timelines and whatnot. And it's a little bit of an existential reflection on what it's like to be a theory crafter and, and why it's actually <laughs> exciting, uh, you know, what they've done. Um, you know, I, I, what I'm really most excited about this, this week though, is, um, and I mentioned this to you in, uh, in one word DMing was that, uh, just like. I'm just so excited about this as a video game, you know, yeah. like the gameplay things. <laughs> I know I built a brand that's very story driven because that's, you know, what I know really well. Um, you know, it's, it's, that's, you know, subtext is a writing term. Um, but, uh, I'm just so excited about th- like this week. It's just got me so jazzed about actually playing this game. Um, and I think sometimes you can get so lost in the, in the story thing, it's easy to think about story things, right? Like you, you kind of you can put things together in your head and talk about them. Mm-hmm. Um, but I didn't really dare to like imagine all of the gameplay elements that they've added. Yeah. Um, and uh, it's just really, really, really exciting to, uh, you know, I, I talked about how with FF16, one thing I really loved was, and I don't know if everyone feels this way, and I do think there were issues in terms of. I don't think it, it's very rewarding from an exploration standpoint, but I got to a point where I really loved going back to places and hearing NPC dialogue and feeling like I was living mm-hmm. in uh, the world of FF16. Um, and and I haven't really lived in a in a Final Fantasy world in that way since technically I guess you could say 14, but within a single player Final Fantasy, really since like FF9, like the PS1 era ones. Um, and looking at seven and mm. all the things they built in terms of the mini games and the modes of uh, uh, transportation with the chocobos and the buggies and all of that, it's like I can't stop thinking about all of the things I'm going to do in this world. And I'm just like so excited to live in the world of FF7 like I did when I was a kid. You know, they talked about how like a hundred hours, and that feels like extreme yeah. underestimate numbers for like <laughs> numbers. <laughs> that sounds like. I'm gonna I'm gonna clear that with ease, yeah. Uh, from what they've shown, so I'm I'm just so excited to play this video game and sort of yeah, leave the story cool. stuff behind a little bit for for just a minute and just bask in how glorious this game oh, looks man. from a game design perspective. Yes. For sure, I'm in the same uh, in the same situation too, man. Like I've been been trying to make uh, content for everybody who's watching, who's been a subscriber. Thank you so much for all the new subscribers today as well. Um, but yeah, it's it, I know content has been light this week in a in a in a time when it shouldn't be. It's just kind of like, man, you know, like you, you I, I wrote out scripts. I would write them out. I would go to record them. I recorded one, and then I went to go edit, and then I'm like, ah, oh, there's new information, or there's just something I just want to sit back and enjoy this as a video game is like what uh subtext was saying where i'm just like you know i just want to kick back and enjoy this there's there was like an influx like a whole like whole page full of youtube videos uh from content creators who have done a fantastic job of saying the things that i would have just been saying and i'm just like i mean just go watch their videos um so that's why i was kind of like sitting on the bench just going to let them let everybody uh who was invited to these preview events to be able to make their videos and there's no no sense in me 
making a video that just explains what they have already explained. Um, so that's why I'm like focusing on something that makes it unique. That's why I got my, uh, my map video coming up, uh, something like that. And uh, yeah, so I do really appreciate everybody who tunes into Final Fan TV for my personal opinion and everything. So I hope you enjoyed this um, podcast, I mean, or hype casts, if you will, because uh, it has been awesome to bring in uh, Professor Noctis, who I wish everyone will uh, go uh, follow Pro- Professor Noctis, P-R-O-F Noctis on uh, Twitter. And then, of course, like we, we mentioned, uh, MJ Gallagher and Subtext. Um, I'm so happy that you guys agreed to be on the show. Uh, it was actually, it was actually, uh, Bo's, like, he was like, yeah, I need to be on somebody's man. show. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm so grateful. I'm so, so grateful that, that you, you've uh, agreed to take, uh, to, to have us on, Daniel. Like, I, just, like, I, obviously, um, I'm a content creator in my own right, but in a sort of totally different field. So when it comes to the, when it comes to streams, when it comes to hosting conversations like this, that, that's not my my area of expertise so I'm, I'm so grateful that you 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 had us on i've had a wonderful yes. time it's it's been able to actually you know i've i've been able to to speak with professor noctis before but this is the first time i've been on screen with subtext and yeah. you know it's been a, so wonderful to talk to you man um i so, love doing yeah, that man i love you. bringing yeah. you guys together because uh i was actually going to have tyler hepner on here the uh the artist that we interviewed uh two weeks ago um because I know Tyler was talking about how much he loves, you know, like everybody that was in this uh, chat. Like he was a yeah. big fan of everybody here, and I'm like, dude, I want to bring Tyler's, you on. That, what, what, what an incredible artist! What, right? what a fantastic guy! He's it's mind blowing. Yeah, know, just jaw dropping stuff all the time. Uh, so. I mean, it would have been lovely to speak to him on screen as well, but we're gonna uh, get it together again. He's already—he's in chat right now. Uh, next time, I want to join the next one. So uh, <laughs> we're gonna do this together uh, again because you know the hype is just gonna keep on building exponentially from here on out. Like it's just like it can't—you can't, you can't yeah. stop this day. There ain't no getting off the train we on. You know yeah. what I mean? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just wanted to echo. I just wanted to echo what what. Uh... Mo said, I know a lot of people will call Mo, I don't know if it's oh, Mo or MJ, or, uh, but I've, you know, I've been watching, uh, you know, you on, on, I think you've been on FFTV before, I've definitely seen you on like, you know, uh, Clark's podcast, I've seen you on, you know, in a lot of places, and so, it's actually, and you've written books about this topic, so it's like, it's it's just great to actually be able to uh, to share some time with you, I've talked uh, on DMs with, with Professor Noctis, uh in the past so to actually talk to him was great and then to talk to you also daniel i've chatted with here and there mm-hmm. um so getting the opportunity for you i was gonna joke of like i'm just glad that you brought me on after you know giving my allergy to exclamation marks <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I sent him a message um i was i said i was like hey do you want to be on here to, as a hype thing we gotta vent this hype out and i'm like and he responded sure i'll be on period and i was like ah Ah, I said, look, I'm looking for a response that has some exclamation marks. Yeah, man, that's enthusiasm. (laughs) I was like, you're about to be on a hype cast subtext. I want some exclamation. That was great. All right, you guys. Well, uh, thank you so much for being on the show. And thank you, Professor Noctis, who left early. Uh, If you missed that part of the conversation, please check out the... uh, I mean, this is right here on YouTube. So you can go back and watch the whole thing if you'd like. And uh, thank you to everybody who's been in chat, uh, keeping in contact. Man, this has been such a fantastic time. It looks like you guys enjoy uh, us going live on YouTube. So that's cool. Um, But yeah, there you go. This has been Final Podcast... 
Take care now. Bye-bye then.